Hey, freak. Hey, freak, you want some of the young stuff? You like hey. that? Well, come and oh, get it. Hey. Stop. Hey, asshole. Hey, my daddy's the sheriff. Huh? Why don't you go crawl back under your fucking rock? <laughs> Shut up! See, I told you. I'm just a stupid fucking pervert. Total pervert. Gosh, you guys are crazy. Like, I could have been crazy out of his mind. He's hanging on to a Halloween mask. He wouldn't let it go. And what he said was, they're going to kill us all. And in a little while, he was dead. And I don't know what the hell is going on. I remember over in Russellville, old Charlie Bones, about 15 years ago. One night, he, he finished dinner, and he, he excused himself from the table. And he went out to the garage, he got himself a hacksaw. And then he went back into the house and he kissed his wife and his two children goodbye. And then he proceeded. Where are we? Huh? Hey, you. The city property. No trespassing. What are you, deaf? Don't try that Halloween shit with me. I'm getting the children out of here. At least until I know what's going on. John, I want you to come with us. Oh, Deborah, you've lost it now. You know that, Deborah? You've just lost it. All right, it's nice to be back in the dungeon. This is another Skeleton Crew show. It's We're far into this now. We're almost at 100. And, you know, things were going great. I even deleted myself from about 30 of Montgomery's groups. But guess what? I was added to new ones today. You've lost it now. You know that? You've just lost it. Let's just take a look, guys. What I was added to. Oh, here we go. You were added to the closed group because this is really exclusive. Nancy Loomis, a forgotten horror store star. Yeah, I left it already. Okay, Charles Bronson, a death wish of a true movie icon. Another Charles Bronson. Uh, why am I in two of these? Oh, he updated that group. <laughs> Oh, the Heenan family. I'm in the Heenan what? family. What? Bobby Heenan? This is so great. Who, are, who is the Heenan family? I knew it. Yeah, it's wrestling. The Bobby the Brain Heenan. It's oh, like my a, God. That's <laughs> funny. Uh, so I'm with Jamie and Dave Z, and we have a big show. This is the one, guys. Things, you know, we never really did, like, a top five or ten favorite horror movies. We talked about a lot of horror movies, but we never really said, hey, these are our top favorite horror movies. People want to know. They want to know who they're dealing with. Right. They're like, well, what, who? And what are these assholes like if this is bad? What does this mean? They like that? Oh, yeah. So we have to have some kind... We should have probably done this like 80 shows ago. It wouldn't matter now anyway. We wouldn't be here. Jamie wouldn't have been on it. I wouldn't have been on it. Exactly. So what's the difference? It's perfect. Yeah, it is perfect. Today is what matters, people. Today. You can always look back and reminisce and be nostalgic about the past, but today <laughs> is the only day that matters in your life. Seize you're the so, moment. You're so fucking cute. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Yeah, yeah, I'll give him that. You t- Aw, thanks. You guys, too. You're so cute, both of you. Joe Pesci and... Uh... This is Tom Atkins. Skeleton Crew. Thrill me. Now, 
got someone who actually claims to have seen that Michael Myers. Come on, drive back to us. I was only eight years old when I saw him, but I was one of the lucky ones. I survived. There is help out there for people like you. It's called electroshock therapy. Come on, you don't really believe that Michael Myers is actually alive. Michael's work isn't done in Haddonfield. And soon, very soon, he'll come home to kill again. But this time I'll be ready. Welcome to the Halloween Dating Game. I'm your host, Alex Edwards. For all you lucky ladies out there, we have the one, the only, Haddonfield killer, Michael Myers. Yes, he's adorable, isn't he? Since we're on the radio, Michael, we're going to do this a little differently. Instead of having three contestants try to win a date with you, we're going to go ahead and interview you, play it over the radio, and we're going to get the phones ringing off the hook. I just know it. All right, Michael, it's time for you to tell the ladies a little bit about yourself. Okay, Michael, let's start off with how old are you? 21. All right, and where do you live? Haddonfield. Still Haddonfield. Okay, and what do your hobbies include? Killing people. Mm-hmm. What do you do for fun? Kill people. Right. Okay, and for all the young ladies who are going to be calling in, when you go on a date, what do you look forward to? Get my dick stopped. <laughs> they don't do it, because I just kill them afterwards. Uh-huh. All right, well, uh, describe your perfect girl to me, Michael. Dick sucking lips. Mm-hmm. Big tits. Right. Let me stick my dick in. A big ass, so I can also stick my dick in. Anything a little deeper, Michael? That's it. That's all I care about. All right. Do you want any girls calling in to know anything about you? No. Well, when a girl looks for something in a guy, what will she find in you? My dick. And how long is your dick? Six and a half inches. Mm-hmm, not bad. How long do you last in bed? Normally two minutes. All right, ladies, there you have it. Michael Myers, 21 years old. He resides in Haddonfield, and he likes to kill people. If you want to be one of the lucky young ladies who win a date with this... Interesting man, call us at And that's all we have for the Halloween dating game.
Alright guys, here it is. The big, big, big show. You know, the skeleton crew would not let you guys down. You know, we weren't just going to do like regular stuff uh, in October, number one. Or that at the, at the point we're at, you know. And uh, But, you know, we do have some normalcy going on. And here it is. The top ten favorite horror movies of all time. I gotta tell you, <clears throat> looking at it, I mean, I could have bounced around three three or four more movies in or out of this ten. Oh, yeah. I mean, probably five or ten, actually, believe it, to be honest with you. Um, there are some movies that you're going to be shocked are not on this list. Like, I can't yes. believe, yeah, I can't believe I didn't put some on here. And so, and now you say that, so I'm going to be shocked at yours. And Dave, we're all probably going to predict his. We all know his. He keeps saying. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm <laughs> So... We're going to go our uh, 10, and we're going to, of course, wind it to number one. Some of us have a predictable number one, so maybe two and three will be more interesting. They're our number one picks, so that'll be cool, too. So uh, let's start off with the guests. So we'll keep going Dave, Jamie, and me. No, Jamie's probably more interesting. So let's go to Dave, me, and then Jamie, so she could s- and end it all off. So, Dave, what is your number 10 favorite horror movie of all time? Okay, number 10 is Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. Mm-hmm. Good choice. Thank you. All right, everybody approves. Nice. Excellent choice, yeah. I mean, really, it's it's uh, the interesting thing about this is that what we're, you can't really tell somebody that they're wrong. They're like, that's not your favorite movie. Shut up. You know what I mean? You can't. <laughs> it's, you know, we all have personal reasons for all of this, but that is a, that is a solid pick, you know, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Cool. So, Dave, why is Psycho your your number ten pick? Well, the funny thing about Psycho is I really didn't appreciate it uh, as much as I should have all these years. Except over like the last ten years, I've really grown fond of it. Uh, and uh, I'm older now, and I'm just into different stuff. Um, but you know, Hitchcock's direction. I mean, you can't ever go wrong with that. It's uh, it's incredible. I mean. Some people consider it as masterpiece. I do. Not everybody does. Some people have other choices, but love the way it's filmed. Um, the acting is fucking phenomenal. I mean, I don't got to tell you guys about fucking Anthony Perkins' performance here and everything going on with that. It's, it's he's a character that you're into. You're sympathetic with him at one point. Other times you're you're frustrated. Sometimes you're with them. Sometimes you're not. What about the turning point? You're not with him, and then I love the turning point where you are. Yes, and you know where that is, right? The key moment. What is it? Absolutely, when he's trying to sink the the car. Yeah, it's so true. And I remember you, we, you and I discussed this years ago, actually, and you were telling me about that. And at the time, like I said, I was a fan of it, but I didn't have the love that I have now. And um, that was something I thought about, and then I was watching it. And I was like, "Fuck!" I only wish I could have seen it w- without the knowledge of, of knowing Norman Bates is, is the psycho. Yeah. Right. You know, and that's interesting, too, because I know that when you were younger, you didn't like black and white things. Right. I didn't. This is a perfect example of something that you have come to appreciate as you've gotten older that strays away from what you would have enjoyed as a younger person. Isn't that something? Yeah, I did. I couldn't watch anything black and white. And then I got into Twilight Zone. I think that's what really got the ball rolling there and now i don't care now it's if it's black and white or what year it is or whatever if it's a good movie it's a good movie and i'll get everything a chance and of course this is a movie we all know about being horror fans so of course you're gonna watch it but 
I just keep appreciating it more and more. It's suspenseful. I'm into suspense now. You know, uh, just you know those famous scenes that you guys talked about during the during the retro with you know Arbogast and all that other shit. Man, Arbogast. <laughs> Arbogast. Yes. <laughs> and the music. Holy oh fuck, my man. God, Herman. Right. Mr. So Herman, cool. telephone call for Mr. Herman. Now, Jamie, is this is Psycho in your top ten? Well, I don't want to reveal anything on my top ten. No, it's not. Okay, it's not. <laughs> okay, if it is, I'm thinking that we should just say it because I don't want... Who needs to hear it again later on in the show? You know what I mean? Right. So, obviously, Dave, it is in mine, too. This is my number three favorite horror movie. Just the connection with with Norman. I mean, like uh, the the isolation. Like sometimes I feel that there's not a person out there in the world who truly understands me, and it's like a polarizing feeling, you know. Like, and when I look back at Norman and I think of uh, I think of the whole thing and the situation and his his headspace, I see the same person as as myself. So to me, that is my other person. The same, like he he becomes sort of all I need. The same way mother is all he needs. Like it, it's like it goes hand in hand through the connectivity of of things with that character. So that's like I really kind of relate, and I could see myself. Uh, it's just like a, a comfort zone, like a green room. They call it sometimes, like just this place. So uh, and and like even on a technical standpoint, like dialogue-heavy movies is not—they're not really my thing most of the time. Um, but this one, what really struck me is that it's so dialogue-heavy, and yet it, it draws me in to such a degree, and that it, nothing ever really does. You know, especially like dialogue, I get bored with that shit. But for some reason, none of this is boring to me. I don't really know why. And people say all the time, nothing happens in Psycho. It's stupid, whatever, you know. Three things happen. And it's like, yeah, whatever. I mean, I, I understand that. I it, The same way people say Halloween is boring. I, I understand that. And the, the most time I understand that is when I watch Halloween with other people. Because just like you said, Dave, the way you related to me... When I was sitting in the movie theater watching Friday the 13th and the news people came in and they started filming us watching and like nothing happens for 20 minutes and Alice is sleeping and shit and strumming a guitar and all that. And like I wanted them to get knocked off their ass in in representation of what I like, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, so when I watch Halloween, sometimes I feel that way. Like I'm watching and I'm looking around at people and I'm like, huh, this is a, I wish like more things would happen or it was just you know i don't know sometimes i feel like it's not as compelling as i, I once did but it's an extension of you it's an extension of you and your personality that that's what it all comes down to movies that you love that much it's almost as if you in, in, in a way are responsible for creating it that's how you feel like oh you really want other people to like him because it's something that speaks so close to your heart right so and Norman, as a character, is very relatable to you, especially. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as far as characters go, I, I he's someone like, on my list, he's probably the, the number one character from all the movies I'm going to discuss on my top ten. So I know exactly what you're saying. I feel the same way about him. I kind of feel that way about Hannibal Lecter. And I definitely feel that way about Jigsaw, as far as speaking villains and, and what comes out of their mouth. Sometimes I just... I really understand what they're talking about, even though they're fucking psychos. But yeah, and it's it's this, it's escapism 
uh, psycho for me. And this goes back mm-hmm. to part three also. I mean, like, I, you know, whether I use drugs or alcohol or whatever to, you know, for escapism, sometimes I'll just come home and get on my motorcycle, I'll get on I'll, and I'll just drive in some direction and I won't be back to the house for six hours. Like, sometimes I just need... I need to get away from something. I'm not really sure what it is. And uh, in the movie, he even says, you know, everybody is a, their own personal trap. We claw, we scratch and claw, but only at the air, only at each other. And for all of it, we never budge an inch. And that's true. No matter what I do to escape, whatever it is I'm trying to get away from, whether it's from drinking or like riding or whatever it is, it's it's always there. And I can't really get away. And and I guess that is is why I'm so in tune. You know, and it's just like an unexplainable thing. But I'm glad he's there for that that psyche that's in me. You know, whatever. Psyche of psycho, right now. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> so, yep. So, Dave, that's number, Dave's number 10 movie. And like I said, my third. So, Jamie, what's your number 10 pick? I thought you were going next. Oh, right. Oh, that's right, yeah. Okay, mine is, <clears throat> I, I mentioned this movie one time. It's a movie called House. It's 1986. I knew that would be on your list. <laughs> yeah, I had a feeling. Yeah, this this movie is um, the quintessential comedy horror. It's the perfect blend. Like, com- if you want to understand wrong comedy horror, they how we're gonna go wrong. There's a lot of examples. Nightmare on Elm Street four through six is a perfect example of comedy and horror gone wrong. Uh, it just doesn't. It's just. It's just pulling itself in so many. Like it just doesn't even know what it is, and then it becomes a parody of itself. House is uh, a movie. You know, it plays it straight, but it's also funny. It doesn't take its. It, it it doesn't take the personality out of the people or the ghosts, and at no time does it become. Do the ghosts become less threatening, even though what they're doing is humorous. At the same time, what's happening is menacing. It's a, and I'm really big into haunted house movies. I always wanted the perfect haunted house movie because I love the idea. I think it's it's a fantastic idea. Uh, house on Haunted Hill is a great example of. Uh, a haunted house movie sort of done right but the problem with that is that they pretty much reveal themselves to be disingenuine at the end because what you end up finding out is uh that it was all kind of rigged by uh, vincent price uh spoiler after 65 years guys <laughs> so that was great and all that stuff would have still been great and sometimes i wonder if it was all fake or not like i don't know maybe it was a blend between the two i'm not really sure but but this uh, is done right. The house is really haunted. Uh, you know, it's all legit. It has a great backstory with, with this kid's kidnapping and this link to this guy's past in Vietnam and the way they tie it together. I mean, it's a really thought-out movie and really well done. And, and, and what's his name? Cunningham. Uh, Richard Cunningham? What the fuck is his name? Who, Sean? Sean Cunningham, yeah. He... He directed this. And Richard Cunningham. <laughs> it's from Happy Days. Days. Yeah, Richie. <laughs> yeah, Sean Cunningham. Uh, he directed, and Steve Miner had involvement, and the music is from uh, Harry Manfredini. So, I mean, if you guys are into, like, Friday and stuff, Tristan, you, I think you would like this movie. So what do you guys think? I think, well, I love that movie. I think that's a perfectly solid choice. It's always enjoyable. Yeah, I mean, it's not Exorcist, but... No, but there are some really fun moments in that film, moments that still get me every time. It's, um, you know, and I really like the character. I'm always drawn to characters in films who are authors. And 
uh, that's something I really like about Roger Cobb and that and well yeah Roger Cobb um it just it it always intrigues me you know the life of authors and and I don't know why I'm always drawn to that but I am I typically really like those characters so uh, I'm immediately um there with him he's likable anyway mm-hmm. you know I was a big fan of his from before that with um greatest American hero and Carrie whenever I see William Cat on screen I automatically like him and so then you, I'm, I'm kind of in his corner already, you know. And we have that great sequence when his wife comes over, yeah. You know, and it just, and then on his interactions <laughs> with the neighbor are hilarious. <laughs> the guy from Cheers. <laughs> and um, and that poster, yeah. My God, that poster! I remember when that movie came out, and like back then you would have to. Now I just go straight to the internet, but back then you would have to read through the newspaper to see what was playing. And that movie played for a really long time, and that awesome poster was in the newspaper for weeks. Mm-hmm. And I just remember seeing how that that gnarly hand reaching for the doorbell, and it it's one of those posters that sticks with you. Ding dong, you're dead. <laughs> And this movie is uh, my groundwork for horror. This is this was my favorite movie back when I was uh, not eight and nine years old. Eight, nine, and ten, I, I think. This was my favorite movie. So, wow. And it never changed. Like, I remember I got watched it again when I was able to go and buy stuff, and I bought the movie and stuff. And yeah, I, I felt the same way. And here I am, fifteen years after that. I feel the same way, obviously. So, and I didn't get into this movie till recently myself. You saw this recently? Oh yeah, I watched it last year um, because I actually picked it as um, one of my favorite three horror comedies when when we did our show about them. So uh, I really grew an appreciation uh, on this movie the last ten years as well. When I was a kid, I saw one and two, and I couldn't distinguish between the, either of them. I saw them both. It seemed like they came out one after another in a short time, and Norm was in one, and Cliff was in another, and I didn't remember a whole hell of a lot. I kind of remember that, that, what's that guy's name? Richard Mall's character, the big Bubba, or whatever the fuck his name was. Yeah, yeah, Night Corp. What was the guy's name in the movie? He had a name. Um, Dead Ed or some shit? I don't fucking know. He had some catchy name, but whatever. I remember him being... Big Ben. There you go, Big Ben. So... But I didn't really get into it so much until, once again, over the last 10 years, I really grew, grew on appreciation for this one as well. So, And this is, am I right, perfect comedy horror blend. Yes. Yeah. All right, Jamie, number 10. Jamie's ten, uh, number 10 favorite horror movie of all time. Okay. Well, this number 10 goes back to where it all started. And I could not possibly have a top ten list without having this movie on there because it is responsible for my love of the genre completely. And that is Salem's Lot from 1979. I remember watching this when it originally aired as uh, on television. It was a miniseries. And it scared me so – I mean I've told this story. You know, it scared me so bad. Those Glick boys scratching on the window and then the mother coming back as a vampire. Those scenes stuck with me. And even now when I watch it, I still get the chills because it was for especially for a television film. It was done so well. And it's it's really, really super creepy. And uh, for 12 years after watching this movie or so, I had to sleep with my neck covered because (laughs) I just was terrified. Dracula's. 
of drag queers, yeah. And even to this day, and everyone knows this because I say it all the time, but to this day, you want to scare me, you come scratch on my bedroom window because that shit freaks me out. People being outside my window freaks me out, which is why that my damn neighbor kid looking in my window was such a big deal for me because I can't, it just, I can't stand that. It scares me. So just from the fact that it completely shaped who I am, it scared the, it scared the bejesus out of me, but rather <laughs> than making me not want to watch horror anymore, it completely fueled my love. love that feeling, that exciting feeling you had. Yeah, and I, and to this day, I'm still seeking that out. I'm always seeking that out. So that is the movie that is directly responsible. It's the first thing that I remember watching completely and the effect that it had on me. I'm ashamed to say I've never seen it yet. Really? Oh, man. You should. You should. I mean, it's, by today's standards, it's, it's probably tame. But there are some genuinely creepy, creepy moments in that movie. Like, just, I don't know. I mean... <laughs> the way they looked was, was that enough. The look was phenomenal. Oh. The, it was really, really good. So, um, yeah, watch it, Alex. I'd be curious to see what you think. Cool. Okay. It's real. It's got a real gloomy atmosphere, man. I dig it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's a good choice. I took me by surprise. All right. Well, that's her number 10. Uh, real quick, I meant, meant to do this. I kind of forgot. Uh, I'll refer to all of our shows throughout this. Uh, if you guys want to hear a full in-depth view of Psycho, go to show number 46 of the Skeleton Crew for that one. We never did Salem's Lot, unfortunately, so we have no reference for that. So now we got Dave Z. What is your number nine favorite horror movie of all time? Number nine? Number nine? Number nine? Number nine? <laughs> Okay, number nine. Now, I have a, a, a sneaking suspicion that this is going to be on Jamie's list, too. Probably a lot further down. Maybe I'm wrong, but John Carpenter's The Thing. And oh. You forgot, Jamie. No, I didn't forget. I didn't. There's a story behind that, but uh, oh. excellent. Oh, my God. That is, that, is, that is a perfect film. It is one of the ones that I was actually referring to earlier when I said... I may think a film is completely perfect and I wouldn't change anything about it and I think it's amazing and incredible but that it didn't make my list and it actually wow. got, it actually was initially on my list and I bumped it for something else. Wow. Wow, I thought it was going to be in your top 5. No if, shit. I mean, if I was going by best made horror films, it definitely would be. Oh yeah, it's yeah. No, I, I hear you there. It is made fucking very well, but it's also, it's, uh, but once again, I keep fucking repeating myself, but once again, over the last 10 years, same shit again. I liked it when I was a kid. The first time I saw it, I was, it just happened to be on HBO and I was just getting into the whole, the genre. And it was that scene with the fucking, when the guy gets blasted and his, he- his head comes down the friggin', you know, over the... The dresser, the dresser, the table there, and fucking, you know, the thing, and then the spider legs come out. Yeah. You gotta be fucking kidding, that fucking thing. Well, that's how I felt (laughs) watching, and I was like, oh my god, look at this, this is fucking out of control, this is nuts. So then, of course, I went out and rented the movie, and um, really, really liked it, thought the effects were amazing, and, you know, and then it... Yeah, oh, holy fuck, do they? Wow, yeah, practical effects, freaking, uh, who is it, Botine? Man. Yeah, and that score um, by Ennio Morricone did that score, but it sounds very Carpenter. 
Like you could you could listen you could watch that film and totally believe that Carpenter wrote that score. Yeah, can you imagine what went on behind the scenes? Okay, is this good enough, asshole? Do, 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 do. Yes, that's good. That's exactly what I like. <laughs> oh. <laughs> for three fucking months i don't know it's just not sounding right yet <laughs> i was gonna say I, I that carpenter did not do the score i honestly if you i could believe that he fucking ghost wrote it or something you know yeah because, i mean it's totally it's totally believable that it's a, so that makes it fit perfectly because you know it's it's this the whole film is very carpenter and it's it's i think it's honestly i think it's the best film he's ever made Ooh, with it of a Halloween versus Things show. And uh, much to Brian's chagrin, it did not make my list. That's his number one movie. And he, he was really upset about the fact that it didn't make my <laughs> list. But, you know, this is all, you know, they all have, we all have our own personal reasons for why things are on our list. But that is, a, it is a, oh my God, it's so good. Brian, Brian, Brian. Yeah, hey, I'm representing for you. He's right. The, the thing is very Lovecraftian, actually. It is. <laughs> All kidding aside, it is. Too. Oh, it is. Oh shit. <laughs> this it is. Yeah. Oh yeah. It is. And Carpenter admits that. Well, actually, it's part of it's part of his Apocalypse trilogy, which includes Prince of Darkness, The Thing, and In the Mouth of Madness. But and all three of the films are very Lovecraftian. And he and he says it outright that that's that. Yeah. I mean, it, it is. It was intended to be. Wow. That's great. Huh. That's great. Well, good pick, Dave. Uh, I approve. Um, the only reason I wouldn't even put that near my top, it's not even my top 30. Wow. Is because I didn't get to embrace, I didn't get to embrace that and grow up with it when my love was brewing with horror. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess I could have a new movie in here and I was considering even something that came out last year, but the thing is just really great to me. But it's not personally great, you know. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Well, yeah, I totally get yeah. it. It didn't make my list. Yeah. Right. So yeah. And even though it was really rough, it was hard for me to not put that on my list because I think so highly of it. But you know, in the end, right? Everyone's got their own reasons. Yeah, I have ridiculous shit on here, just so everybody knows. <laughs> Don't think that. Uh, I mean, but, but I mean, what we're all saying, I guess, is that anything that you hear tonight. These are all movies you'll probably be able to watch and like if you haven't watched them. So uh, getting to mine now, number nine, favorite horror movie of all time, it is Stephen King's It. Mm. Believe it or not. I know this sounds ridiculous, but because it has one of the worst endings of all time and shit like that. Don't dig on the giant spider. No, I don't dig that. But you cannot beat Tim Curry's performance as Pennywise. Uh, once again, a talking horror guy is is my thing. I don't relate to the clown or anything like that, but I think he does a great job. He's, he's very there's a lot of mystique to him. Uh, I love the music of the movie. I think the music is incredible. Even in show number seventy eight, when we did a f- that whole show was just dedicated to it, and it's an hour and forty minutes. Uh, obviously, it's a two part movie. It's a mini series, actually. It was a TV thing. Uh, show number 78, we played the background music the whole time, during out the whole entire show, basically. It's just amazing. It brings you to another place. Uh, I loved the entire cast as kids, and I'm one of the rare people who liked all the adults. I really did. I had no problem with them. Uh, I didn't have any problems with them either. No? Yeah, like, people don't even like the second half of the movie, but if you really break it down, which we did on that show... Each scene, if you really look at every scene individually, I don't know what people's stigma. And even Tommy Lee uh, Wallace, he said, um, 
he might not have been thrilled by the second night. I forgot why he said that. Or the second night, whatever they call that. You know, the adult part. I mean, look, there are clunky moments in both halves, if I, if I gotta be honest. <laughs> I mean, it ain't like one so great compared to the other. I mean, but of course, kids are more, you know, seeing adults get chased around by a clown, I suppose, is not as... as uh... Yeah, but still, it was very psychological and scary regardless. And, you know, by saying chased around by a clown, that makes it sound like it's not very threatening. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. You know? But I, I feel you on it, so... I'm in, I'm in defense with you. I think that that movie, uh, the I think here's what I think about the first part and the second. The first part was so fucking great that you almost had nowhere to go but down in the second in the second part when they're adults. And granted, it may not be great as far you know like the first half was, but it's still good. And you know I think the ending is what that fucks the- a lot of people up. It's hard to compartmentalize your brain, dude, and just kind of get that out. But I've done it because, you know, I'm even willing to to either forward that whole part or, like, I don't like turning it off because I actually like the ending, too, after you forward past the, the fucking spider. Yeah, it's cool. <clears throat> so I, I like all that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's like, I think it's more crazy that even as an adult, like, stuff that was crazy to you as a kid and tortured you and tormented you, you can't escape that. That's... And, and that's what I like. It's almost like, you know how you say, we'll always be young, we'll never grow up. Like, Dave, you say it all the time, I'll never grow up and stuff like that. True, right. That is touches home to me even more because I feel like I'm the same guy that I was when I was like 16 or 18 years old. Or sometimes I feel like I am when I was 14 and I'm just like kind of taking this journey in this older per like this guy's body or something and i'm still i still feel like i'm still that kid sometimes it's good though good for you most people can't do that i'm the same way i think it's a great way to live your life yeah they're not sentimental they don't care they just fall into the line of being an adult and think they have to do this and i don't know or unless we're just fucking too immature assholes maybe we're just immature i don't know i don't know jamie seems mature to me but but i still do that but you see i still see you doing that yeah so i don't know I don't know what it is, but that's, uh, whatever, that's my pick, and I don't know if I gave you a why, but that's my pick. So, uh, Jamie, what is your number nine favorite horror movie of all time? My number nine, nine. is... Number nine? Number nine. <laughs> is Ridley Scott's Alien. Ooh. And... <laughs> oh, I'm clapping, I never saw it. <laughs> what? You know, oh, can you I'm believe just... that Jamie has two picks that I never saw? What the fuck? And it's weird because everything she's shown me, I liked. Well, then get on that shit, dude. I know. All right, I will after this show. And th- there are there is a camp out there who likes to say that it's not a horror film; it's a sci-fi film because it has aliens in it or an alien, and it takes place in space. To that, I respond, <laughs> bullshit, because it is a monster movie that just happens to be in space. That's what it just is. Just like Leprechaun in space. It is pure. It's exactly the same. <laughs> it is pure horror from beginning to end. And I mean, the tagline even in space, no one can hear you scream. You know, it's it's insane. Uh, but from the moment that um, we're first investigating and the uh, face hugger latches on to the moment that the the pivotal moment where it bursts from the stomach to then basically being stalked aboard a spaceship by 
this invincible alien or or seemingly invincible practically fucking invincible ailing alien it's uh, it has one of the most tense scenes in horror history as far as i'm concerned when you have when you're watching uh, the alien stalk you're having like two dots on a screen and you're walking watching the alien stalk and you see it getting closer and closer and closer and it's it's just it's very frightening it's very visceral it's right there and the score compounds all of that the look of it is incredible plus we have you know the ripley who is an amazingly strong character but i don't even that's not even why it's i mean i think this ensemble cast is is totally perfect uh, everyone involved and they save the cat <laughs> That's always endearing to me. Yeah, but this can't is Jonesy. Right. This is one that um, a lot of these films will fall into this into this category. And this is a, when I was growing up, we had DiscoVision, which was the uh, the laser disc format where it came in the hard plastic case, uh, like the size of an album, and you would put the entire thing into the player. And then, like midway through, you'd have to flip it over and put it back in to watch the rest of the film. And we had a huge horror collection when I was growing up because, uh, thankfully, my parents were also horror fans. And this was one of those. So I saw it countless times. And even now, I mean, I can't even tell you how many times I've seen this movie. But even now, if I watch it, it affects me just the same. Apart from being incredibly well made, it's effective. And it sticks with me. And, you know, who doesn't know? Like in Alex, you haven't seen it, but even you know about the movie where an alien pops out of somebody's stomach. Yeah, I mean, I know that part. I don't know why it happens, though. Everybody knows that. So, and everyone knows that for a reason, because is, is it, it's fucking good. So, yeah, there you Cool. Now, I probably seen it when I was, like, a kid, but, yeah, it's just one of those things. Dave, so you agree this is a top tenner? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, and that was one of that... Uh, I was. I almost made my list as well, and uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of this movie. And it is a hundred percent a fucking horror movie. Oh, they're just trying to claim it, just like those guys are trying to claim Silence of the Lambs. Well, you know what it is. That's because of the sequels. You know, it is, which is why, which is why I have such a dislike of the sequels because they completely turned away from the horror aspect that made this film so amazing. Yep. I'm and, so uh, fucking tired of hearing about how great Aliens is. I am too. And even though, yeah, it may be a fantastic action film, but that's what mm-hmm. it is. It's an action film. It is not a horror film. Right. And um, it just kind of irks me that they took something that was... Well, hey, you gotta ramp it up. You gotta ramp it up. Yeah, well, anyway, right, yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> Alright, Dave, give us your number eight is great favorite horror movie of all time. Eight is great. All right. And this fucking movie is great. And damn, do I have a great time with it. My number eight is Creepshow. Whoa. Yeah, man. Did not see that coming. I did not see that coming, but that, I love that movie. I knew I'd surprise a few with that. I fucking... Uh, there's not... I, I love everything about that damn movie. And R- Romero, Stephen King, and Tom Savini in the same movie. Now... That's just a selling point, but even if I didn't know that, it's fucking extraordinary. I just love the whole presentation of it. It's like the perfect anthology. It's two hours long. There's five segments, and it just flows perfectly, man. I just 
the whole setup is just uh, I I can't get enough. I fuck I watch this movie every October. Yeah. And oh, it's it's amazing. It, uh, I never got this movie. Believe it or not, I, wow. it's crazy. I know. Like, I don't know. It's like a trick or treat thing to me. I don't know if the stories are that strong. Like uh, the first one, I forward every time. I what? just cannot sit through that. I don't know. I don't know. What- Dude, I don't know what it is. The one with the bugs, to me, that's like a Tales from the Dark Side episode. Uh, what's like the, the crate? Oh my god, dude. That is just Tales from the Dark Side. So fucking what? That's what a, that's what a good anthology movie is. It's it's short stories. Just like one of the just typical episodes, though. Like t- I don't know. Yeah, dude. I don't know. The effects were so damn good. But what about you? Don't appreciate the presentation, the fucking how randomly how how they go back and forth between the comic world and the real world. When they get scared, they go ah, and then they go re, and they play that thing, and the, the lights come on. The, the use yeah, that's eighties, of course, I love that. But it's fucking incredible. There's no other movie in the eighties really that uses the fucking um, the colors the way they do in this movie. It's fucking so colorful. The the shades, they, especially on blue. Now to see it on blue, yeah. It's fucking extraordinary. I love all the characters in it. I love the dialogue. <laughs> and then you got the, the moss one, right? And then you got the sand one where they bury the people, right? Oh, yes. so fucking good. Leslie Nielsen. Oh. Lonesome Death of Jordy Verrill. Yeah, that's good. So that's my least favorite is the Lonesome Death of Jordy. I still like it. Like, it's my number eight movie. I love the fucking movie. Well, I like when he blows his brains out. Okay, now the, the sand one is good. Oh, I love it. It's my favorite now. How's that? But I can't believe that. This is like your fit top ten. Because this is going to sound crazy, and, and don't worry, everyone's on your side. I think Creepshow 2 is better than Creepshow 1. No atmosphere in Part 2. I liked Part 2, and I like the stories in it, but it doesn't have that atmosphere that 1 has. 1 is like a, such a one-of-a-kind movie, and the music, oh, nobody talks about the music. It's fucking amazing horror music. Throughout. I've got mad love for Part 2, but I, I do agree that Part 1 is better. Really? Wow. Here is a fun fact. The that film is the only film that has ever made me vomit. You actually threw up? I did. Which okay, I'm gonna guess. Okay, Dave, we'll each get one guess of which segment that is. I'm gonna easily say the cockroach one. Yeah, I'm gonna go with well, since you're guessing cockroach. Okay, you'll say that. That's your first, but what's your second pick? Oh, what's my second? Well, I know what it's not. I'm gonna have to say um <laughs> Maybe the the moss one, right? The moss one. Yeah, I'll go with that. Something in that. Maybe one to on his tongue or something yeah, yeah. or some shit like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll, I'll go with Jordy Verrill. Jordy Verrill. It's the cockroach sequence. Um, and know. it's specifically the part where he's eating his cereal oh. and then he sees the pieces and then he goes to the kitchen and looks in the in the food processor and oh, sees all the bugs that have been like mixed up in there. Yeah, that does. It, it's only happened one time, um, but and I was drinking at the time, and I was showing it to someone who had never seen it before, and I'd already seen it. Like I knew what was coming, but for some reason, probably because I was drinking that, it it hit me really hard. And just when I'm watching him eat that and knowing what, uh, okay, I can't even. Yeah, Jamie, you want to puke? I got a story for you. I know a guy who used to work in the termite pest control business. And he went to a house, and it was obviously a low-income housing. They were killing cockroaches. You know, they go in there, and the kids were home. I think it was the summertime. And I don't know what the, where the parents were. They are probably, you know, like, showing one of the other guys around the back or whatever. And he's in the kitchen, 
you know, looking for these things or whatever they do. And the 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 two young kids are at the at the the table in the kitchen. And it's the morning time. It's like nine o'clock, ten o'clock, and they're pouring a bowl of cereal. He said he turned around and looked at the kids. They poured a bowl of cereal, and there were cockroaches in the cereal bowl, and they were picking them out and eating the cereal. (laughs) (laughs) Like, imagine that people live like that. No. Nope. I don't want to. (laughs) No. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that shit. Imagine that. That is insane. It's disgusting. Exactly. So. Well, I won't be eating anything for the rest of the night. (laughs) Yeah, be careful what you're eating. Nothing that is blended, that's for sure. Can you imagine the milk they poured on that fucking table? Oh, stop it. Stop it. I might fucking puke on the show. God. Although, it's been done before, so whatever. I better not. Hey, we've already been there, done that, buddy. (laughs) <laughs> but how about them roaches and the noise they're playing? Yeah, right. I'm getting all fucking crazy. I just love it. E.G. Marshall in that role. Yeah, Leslie Nielsen earlier. Stuff. Oh, fuck, man. Uh, what's his name? Ted Danson. I-, I love, I'm telling you, beginning to end. Adrian Barbeau. Yes. In the crate oh, is so amazing. I love her character. She is just a stone cold bitch. <sighs> Isn't she? Back off. You're going to be wearing your balls for earrings. <laughs> I swear to God. Oh, it's so good. Speaking of Ted Danson, I actually saw a meme of a meme. What's it called? Meme? Yes. Yeah, meme. Meme? Yeah. Okay. I saw a meme of him, and he said, you think you know horror. I saw Whoopi Goldberg nude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just trying to segue into horror there. All right. Yeah. So Anyway, it's an underappreciated <laughs> fucking movie. Everybody go back and watch it again. I'll tell you right now, if you got the blue, if you don't have the blue, get the fucking blue and watch it. I think it's underappreciated. I don't think it's overrated at all. I blue, think it's blue, blue. amazing. Yeah, fuck what I say. This time, yeah. This time. Fuck it. Yep, fuck it. Stupid. All right, so my number eight, it is Sleepaway Camp. I mean, look, I was wondering if I was going to add this to the list. I was even bouncing around if I was going to go for one or two. And I said, no, one is really where my heart is, I think. And then what made me think that is thinking about the interview with Felissa Rose and that deep, deep connection that I had during that interview. And I'd be surprised because Jamie had what I felt was the same connection. So if this is not on her list, I'd be surprised, but maybe not. Maybe she's more into the uh, higher quality type stuff uh, when it comes to top 10 stuff. But yeah, to me, I mean, it's just 80s fun. And like I said, I appreciate well-thought-out stories. And this is not just like they go onto a campus and kill the kids and, oh, it's because I was a nerd and you picked on me and shit like that. No, this is, like, way deep. And there's, like, a lot of undertones here. There's a lot of uh, subtext. And that stuff is what I'm into. I'm drawn to it. So I'm not going to get too into it. If you want to hear a full detailed uh description of sleepaway camp from us uh or some of us or just me listen to to, uh skeleton crew number 20 we did an in-depth review of that entire movie so if you want anything else so jamie are we going to you here are you gonna yeah all right what number did it land on for you oh no i'm sorry i thought you meant were you going to be next no it did not make my top 10 oh Sorry. <laughs> I love it. God damn, you know I love it. Yeah, I know, I know. It's all right. It's not quality, I know. Uh, well, it's, no, it is, it's, it's, it's not even that. It's just... um. There's better ones. You like other ones more. That's all. Yeah. 
<laughs> all right, well, let's find out what that is, Jamie. What is your number eight favorite horror movie of all time? My number eight is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, shit. I didn't even think about that. Nice. <laughs> well, um, yeah. Let me say one thing. It's my number seven, so you could just skip me on my next pick, and let's let's roll. Yeah, go ahead. What are you guys? Well, nice. I, I forgot it, so let's all roll. Let's go. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot it. to add it in, but it's uh, you were gonna put in, and you, and you just forgot about the movie. I didn't even think about it when I was considering all my favorites. Wow. I don't. Uh, I don't really think that requires a whole lot of discussion. For well, for one, we already discussed it on the show. That was episode forty-one. I think that that is a beautiful example of how a film cannot be gory at all, yet everyone thinks it's so gory. And, uh, you know, if if you ask people who don't haven't seen it a lot or maybe have never seen it at all, they'll just be like, oh, it's a really gory film. It's all kind of – there's – no, it's not. It, it There's, like, no blood. There's, like, a tablespoon of blood. There's – it just it, – it does, there doesn't have to be. It's implications, people. That's right. You get the impression that it is. It, it also is – when we get to the end and Sally Hardesty has her breakdown – and one of the complaints I've heard about this film is that they're like, oh, all she does is scream for the last, like, 15 minutes of the film. Well, fuck you. You would, too. I mean, if you had just gone through everything that she has gone through, you're gone. Your brain is fried, and there is nothing left. And I think that her portrayal of that couldn't – of just pure insanity could not be more spot on. And this this family, it's dark. It's twisted. And uh, just the things that they had to go through to make the movie just made it that much more impactful, you know, because it was super hot in the house and all the stuff was rotting on the table. And it just and so that, I think, sort of bled into their performances. It's just like lightning in a bottle. You know, I mean, Toby Hooper hit with this film and he it, there's a lot going on under the surface of it. He had a lot to say. And it's it's not just a slasher film or, you know, a you know, just people getting I mean, it's not just a film about people getting, you know, set up, set up to be knocked down. It's there's a lot more than that going on. And so I admire the depth of it. I admire the grittiness of it and just the just the hardcore craziness. Yeah, good pick. So, Dave, it's number seven. So what do you say about this? I mean, we already did a retro on it. So if you can keep this really short, that'd be great. Yeah, sure. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you take me seriously. <laughs> no, hey, dude, because you're right. There has been a lot of talk about it, and uh, I love the tone of it. I fucking I love the soundtrack of it, and I call it soundtrack. I don't call it the score or the music because it's, you know, technically it's not. It's just the noises throughout. It's so cool what it did, though. It's very fucking creative. It's and you notice it more with each um, Blu-ray release that comes out. It, it's getting better and better with what you're picking up on it. So I really like that. And I got to tell you, I think the humor, I'm not a big comedy horror type guy, and this isn't comedy horror at all, but the humor that I get out of watching this movie, it, it balances it perfect. Franklin, for me, pretty much makes me laugh the entire time I'm watching the movie. And then, then it gets real serious towards the end, of course, but... Everything that comes out of that dude, out of his mouth, just fucking makes me laugh. It's, Look it's, what it's, your brother did to the door. Oh, that too, right? <laughs> <laughs> Those fuckers, right. You know what I think is a... <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Franklin. It'll be a fun <laughs> trip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so great. 
And then he cuts it. You, know, you really got to have something inside you just to, to put a knife in your hand and, and cut that way. You know? Oh, and he's talking about it. And, ah. Oh, that was one of my favorite scenes, man. That really drew me into the movie, that whole hitchhiker scene. Like, I felt I was on that in that Scooby-Doo van with these guys. Oh, it's great, isn't it? It's so fucking... Man, yeah, I, I get picture. The heat is oppressive, and you can imagine the smell because oh. it uh, of the slaughterhouse that's nearby. I, ju- I just feel like it completely transports you, transcends you. Yes, it does. It does take you to another place, and it has a very fucking gritty, you know, a daytime feel, which is scary. It, it, when people get whacked in the daytime, like that scene when the chick runs out of the thing, and he, you think she's gonna get off the porch, and he grabs her, and he. Brings her back in. Holy shit. And when he closes that door on the first guy that he hits in the head with the hammer. Oh, man. And some of the camera shots. Some of those those shots are are insane with the under the swing. There's that one continuous shot that goes under the swing and follows her ass. Mm -hmm. I like your thinking, Jamie. (laughs) I I agree with you. If you want to see it in new eyes, everybody, buy the 4K da- uh, the 4K Blu-ray. 4K means uh, they scan film at a certain rate. I think the average these days is 2,000. So supposedly they scan Texas Chainsaw at 4,000. And now there's these new things called 4K TVs, right? I guess so, yeah. So now there's like a new 4K TV. So supposedly... Uh, these movies are mo- you know best seen on those types of TVs. I I don't I could care less. I will never. I haven't even bought in the uh, the TVs with a high refresh rate yet, where everything looks like it's done on video camera, because it just moves too fast for me, and I I feel like it looks cheap. I like that authentic lower uh, frame rate when I watch my movies. So I haven't even upgraded to the new TVs, and if I did, I'd find a way to adjust it down. So you just spend, Alex just spends the money and then fuck it. Says, fuck it, I'm going to adjust it down and put the big way. Yeah, well, only if they don't make my type of TV. If they do, I'll still buy new ones that are the ones I like. But if they, if if we're moving on to the higher refresh rate TVs, I am not buying it. Um, I mean, I'm not, like, hanging with it. I'm just going to lower the rate. Because it, it, it goes from, like, film looking to to videotape looking. Yeah, and I don't, I don't like that either. I know exactly what you mean. I do think it looks cheap. It looks cheap, yeah, f- cheap as fuck. And I don't like it. Yes, it looks like they might be. Re- it looks like sort of like you're looking through a window, and those people are really behind the window. But that's not what I want to look at. Like, and I, I right. certainly don't want to see that with the things I grew up with. Well, wait a minute, man. You saw Psycho on Blu-ray, didn't you? Think it looked a lot different, almost like videotape compared to. It was like watching a soap opera. You didn't like that? I know what you mean, but it didn't look like what I'm saying. Okay. It's a different thing you're describing. It almost okay. did. You're right. I loved it, though, for it. There's, there's something about the refresh rate that changes that. It just speeds their movements up. It just looks very realistic, and it's not good. Yeah, so we're skipping Dave, because that was his number seven. My favorite, my number seven favorite horror movie of all time is The Wolfman, 1941, of course, not the remake. I knew that was going to be there. Yeah, me too. Uh, If you want to hear a full review of that, go to show number 69. Uh, We got into that. We spent an hour on it, so I'm not going to say too much. I'll just give it, like, why it's my favorite. Uh, Character depth. You know, Lon Chaney Jr., 
the depths of him will never be understood by anybody. But I feel that I'm I'm one of the people who give a shit to even wonder about it or care. Like at this point, I don't even know who's into this shit no more. Maybe just older people or whatever. But I really care and uh, I connect no matter how far away it is. Um, much it's sort of like the the psycho thing. The only difference is the torment in his soul is a relationship with his father that that I've struggled with too. Uh, things are, are better now and stuff, but you know, there's always something that uh, is there. But even his struggle in the movie, what's, what he's going through, uh, not being able to tell anybody, nobody can understand it, nobody will believe it. Even his father struggles to, uh, like, what's happening here? His son has returned after years, his other son just died, and he will do anything in the world to embrace this kid that just came back. And he's really trying to start off with a clean slate. Really regrets a lot of shit. And then when he does, this fucking nutty shit is just coming to him like, Do you believe in werewolves? Well, I turn into a wolf when the moon is... Like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? Like, you got... Are you are you healthy? Are you mentally stable here? And it's just like... You, you can't even imagine what that... Sir John Talbot's going through and it's just like the struggle and it just really draws you in to both sides of the coin because you know it's true but at the same time you're at you're with John saying like come on the dichotomy of each perspective is incredible to me the story just sucks you in I don't know why you know it's just something about knowing the truth and and not being believed I guess is something that we could all relate to on a lot of levels and um just their their performances uh Lon Chaney is very relatable to me that's it I mean that's you know beyond going to show number 69 and hearing a full in-depth review about it that's uh that's all I'll add to this top 10 list Jamie do you have this in your top 10 no Larry Talbot is one of my favorite characters in horror and I love that that it made your list I was I expected it to and uh, it just didn't make my cut, but it is a favorite. It is one that I love very much. Yep, you surely do. So, Jamie, what is your number seven favorite horror movie of all time? My number seven is Poltergeist. Wow. Nice, nice. Yes, uh, Poltergeist, That uh, another Toby Hooper film, but not really because it, no one in their right mind believes that Toby Hooper directed this because he was <laughs> way too coked up. Uh, this is clearly a Steven Spielberg film and uh, another fantastic score by Jerry Goldsmith. And this is one of my favorites because it perfectly encapsulates my life. At the time this movie came out, I, this, was, this was life for me. I, I had two stepsisters and a stepbrother and we lived in a subdivision not very unlike this one and i was the i was the the youngest one and i was blonde and so it was just it was uh, i don't know it was watching it was was very close it was just always been very close to my heart for those reasons and so even now when i watch this film i get shot straight back to the past because it's it was it's very nostalgic for me but it's also another film that I think holds up beautifully. I, I watch it now, and there's really nothing I would change. I, I know that they've been talking about doing a remake, and I, I really can't see what you could do to improve on this film. I don't think that the, the effects could be done any better, even today. And it's, 
I mean, there are some really scary moments. You know, the the swimming pool with the corpses popping out. You know, that scared me as a kid. I think it's pretty scary now. I think that uh, one of my favorite characters in this film is Jo Beth Williams' character. She plays the mom. And uh, just watching what she's willing to go through to protect her family and uh, the shit that she's put through, uh, trying to not only get her kids back, her daughter back, but then once she gets her back, it's still not over. Uh, the family dynamic is is insane here. I like the fact that we spend a great deal of time in the beginning of the film with the family before anything really even happens. You get to know this family, and that's something that a lot of movies don't take the time to do much anymore. And uh, one that has done it recently, I think, and done it really well, sorry, Dave, is Insidious. <laughs> I like the first Insidious. And, um, you don't like Insidious, too. Oh, right. that's right. Okay. First one. Um, the... Uh, and I think that that's a, a good example of a modern film that does that well. And that one honestly almost made my list, too. But then as I'm narrowing it down, <laughs> Brian was like, you're not going to have any new movies on this list. And I'm like, "I'm there are some really good new movies. And he was right. I don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, this one is just very personal. It's a very personal thing for me. And I think uh, even today it's remarkable. I love it. I love it. And, and it killed me. It killed me not to put it on this list. It's in my top 20 for sure, and I was right there, and I grew up with it. I've, I've watched this movie probably as many times as you have. I, I watched it growing up. I continue to watch this movie. I love it, so I, I got, I got nothing but love for that pick. You know? I own this, and I watched, I watched it when I was a kid, and I don't really remember my thoughts, but then I watched it when I was 24. It was with a group of people, and it, there was kids in the room, and... I was drunk and I didn't it I didn't have a good time. I didn't like it at all. My head was hot. I just wanted to get in another room and just lay down. <laughs> like I was just I just didn't I just the whole thing wasn't the right thing. I think if I watch it now I'll probably really appreciate it, but unfortunately I don't have that perspective right now, but but that's cool. I mean, uh, a million people can't be wrong, Jamie, so no, I imagine great. it's a good pick. So, uh, at least I watched this one. Hey, Hey, yeah. Right. And I did see Poultry Geist from Charlie. <laughs> oh, I've never seen that. <laughs> all right, so Dave, what is your number six favorite horror movie of all time? Mm-hmm. All right, my number six is Friday the 13th. Part one. Yay. Yes, part one, yes. And what can I say? We've all said it a million times. <laughs> you know. Show number it's... one for Skeleton Crew, and what is it for... Uh... Let's see, 13 was your first Halloween. Halloween, so, so probably 12, I want to say, when we talk about Yeah. Okay, for Banana Laser. Go to Banana Laser number 12 to hear Dave's feelings on why Friday 13th is so great. But here's what I said. I picked three things. Gore, music, atmosphere. Those are my three. The music is almost unmatchable. Probably the only people who did better is Halloween. Or you can argue Psycho because... Most of your cues were taken from Psycho, I think. Or at least the the approach to the music. I mean, I don't know. It's very different, but at the same time... I it think. is similar, yeah. There's one movie that I think has better music, and actually it's going to be my next pick, so you'll see what Better I'm music than Friday? Yeah. Yeah, it's right up there with it. How's that? I'll say that. But Jamie is going to have something to say because there's no way on earth that this movie did not land in Jamie's pile. It didn't. What? 
Wow. There is a Friday film. Jamie, you said that this is your favorite Friday. There is a Friday film on the on my list, but this isn't it. <sighs> I give right. up with you. <laughs> Unbelievable. I'm so tired of of alley ooping shit to her. And she bangs it off the rim. Forget it. I don't know what you picked, and I don't care. I gotta keep you on your toes. Yeah, right. Nice. It's better to listen to anyway. It'd be dull if fucking she was always there for it. Picture, you know? Yeah, but I want to hit it once, Dave, tonight. Oh, you'll hit it once. Believe Jesus me. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and when you do hit it, it'll be a great fucking experience. You're going to hit it hard. Mm, yes, is. I got like it. Mm, yeah, bitch. Yeah, because I <laughs> fucked you, bitch. <laughs> Come here, Pin. Yeah, is Pin going to make your top five? That's my question. Yeah, Pin. Mm. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't make your top five, Alec. <laughs> You just didn't, Pen. My number six is a movie we just covered. Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. <laughs> Yay. Just because we just covered it, there's no reason to leave it off the list, because we'll just gloss over this and go to the other two guys here, uh, or a guy and girl, for their picks. But yeah, Abbott and Costello, we just covered this. Show number 97, we spent like almost or an hour on this. Almost an hour. And uh, it's just great. And one of the main reasons that this movie, how can I not be grateful? Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein is the reason, if you like this show, then you should be grateful enough to even watch this movie because Mike would have never met me because I wouldn't be into horror like I am right now without Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. So he would have never asked me to do this. We would have never started it up, and it wouldn't have gone to where we're all sitting right now. So this movie is what did all that. Um, I already said my dad was amazed. It was in the video store. He said, let's get this. I watched it. Bam, hooked. Hooked on Abbott and Costello. Hooked on horror. And that's it. It's all she wrote. And that changed uh, who I am in life and the course of what I was going to focus my movie attention to. Uh, you know, I like comedies, I like action, I love Arnold, all that type of shit. But yeah, horror is where it's at for me, and this is what started it, a horror comedy. And uh, so that uh, that's all I really have to say to explain why it's in my top ten. Uh, if you want to know why I love it, just listen to that show, and you'll hear all of our uh, thoughts on Abacus on me. Frank Stein, show number 97. And I'm, I'm sure that didn't make any of your guys' lists, even though you love it, so we could just move on. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, Jamie. Let's, I won't. I won't. You know what's sad? The movie that birthed me into horror that I have such high regard for did not make the list, <laughs> but other movies in the series did, and you, you'll see why when you know when we talk some more. Well, but, I still love the movie. Like, I, and I know which one you're talking about because I know which one you, you, you saw the end of it right. first. But uh, so I guess I do listen to you, Dave. Yeah. See, it birthed you into horror. Birthed him. It birthed him. Yep, that's that's what I compare it to, a birthing. Like <laughs> Leatherface giving birth in the, at work. Right. <laughs> yeah, in the beginning. Yeah, that's me coming out. Weirdo. In the trash, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's my pick. That's my number six. Okay, so now we have Jamie Jenkins for her number six favorite horror movie of all time. My number six is Rosemary's Baby. Oh. I love this movie so much that when I was making my list yesterday, as soon as I like we got to this movie, and I said I want to watch this now, and so as soon as I got finished making my list, that's the the very next thing I did was watch Rosemary's Baby. 
It's uh, Polanski. It's uh, the oh my! I can't even. the The performances are insane. The color palette is unmatchable. The score unbelievable. Uh, it's also it's from a book by Ira Levin, which is also very good. It's um no, it's not. Um, <laughs> it's actually not. Um, but uh, and here's it. This was a close call. This movie was a close call because William Castle wanted to direct this film. He was a producer on this film, and he wanted to direct it. And they said, no, we're going to give this to Roman Polanski. And thank God they did, because as much as I love William Castle, and I do, I don't think his directing style could have pulled this film off. And what we needed here was a competent hand with uh, with just uh, the eye that, Pol- that Polanski has. And it's a classic for a reason, because it... I never get tired of it, ever. I could watch it all the time. Well, like I said, I just talking about it yesterday made me want to watch it. And if someone walked in and said they wanted to watch this movie right now, I'd say, okay. Yep, you'd stop recording the show and everything. <laughs> you fuckers gotta wait. I'm gonna Sorry, watch Rosemary's just, Baby. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jamie, you saved me again. Once again, same thing with Poltergeist. It broke my heart not to put this on my top ten. So I'm glad I didn't because you and I would have all the same picks because it would have been three. <laughs> so, but honest to God, there was three movies that it fucking that were on the cusp, and and we talked about two of them: Poltergeist and and now Rosemary's Baby. So, I feel you a fucking hundred percent again. Damn, what a great movie that is. Yeah, uh, my only experience again, two thousand three, four, maybe two. Um, <clears throat> watched it for the first time. And I thought it was like one of the greatest movies I ever seen, and I remember very clearly that my impression was the very end was the worst ending ever. What? That's I don't remember. Remember, you're you're talking 15 years ago or whatever, or 12 years ago, or whatever. You expected something grander, yeah. not something optional. You expected her to fucking take the knife and plunge it into the baby. I don't know, but it, all I know is she gave birth, and they all looked at it, and the movie was over. I was like, well, what the fuck was that? Like, I don't know. To me, and am I right? Is that even what happened? I remember if I'm right or not, but I just couldn't believe that that was the ending. I said, wow, that was so good. There's a little bit more to it than that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you're, you know, you're not far off, but there's a little bit more to it. I don't know. Me, yeah, I was 24. And like I said, you know, I was 20 when I got into the the more modern type things. Right, well, apparently 24 was a bad year for you because that's also when you watched Poltergeist last. So you need to wipe away anything, any impression that you had from anything when you were 24 and start over. Well, that was my big run. That was like when I was 20 or 19 or 20. That's when I really like said, okay, give me, give me all this stuff. And then I just, you know, did whatever I could. So I did a lot in, that, in those three, four or five years. So. And then I settled in at that point. But, uh, yeah, uh, I thought this movie was amazing. I don't remember anything about it. But wow. but it was amazing until the end. I was like, that's it? And <laughs> I was like, wow, what a waste of time. And it's weird. I what are you it's, talking about? Guys' eyes are normal. <laughs> <laughs> Satan is his father. Sorry. <laughs> The year is one. Maybe I'm like Dave. I have a different appreciation at this point than I did, you know, years ago. So I was going to say that now with different eyes and being an adult, go and watch it now. I think it's on Netflix. So I know it's on Netflix. It is on Netflix. That's actually I watched. I have the Criterion Blu-ray, but I watched it on Netflix because that was easier. Yeah, instead of paying $45 for a Blu-ray. 
I couldn't help. No, I mean, I have it. Anyway. I just, <laughs> I just, it's easier to watch Netflix than to dig out a Blu-ray, but because uh, I'm lazy. But <laughs> it is on Netflix, so do watch it because I, I mean, I, I haven't steered you wrong. No, and I have it in my instant queue, believe it or not. I did notice it, and I said I gotta do that again. So it's funny you say that. So, all right. So, Dave, oh, wait, we'll take a break now, guys. We already went through our, our bottom half. So, what you're going to get is gold at this point. Uh, let me look at my list. Mm, yeah. Am I happy to represent these? Yes. 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 Okay. I'm good. Are you guys good? Mm-hmm. You got good top fives? All right. Well, we'll be right back with our top five favorite horror movies of all time. Sorry, guys. If you're disappointed in me, my list is a little wacky. These guys have a little bit better of a a, a better uh, general fan base kind of thing. I don't. I'm just a fucking weirdo. What can I tell you? You know, when you got Sleepaway Camp and It on your top five fucking <laughs> top ten movies, I mean, you got to wonder. And you got, like, Abbott and Costello. Like, you guys probably never even heard of that until we just did a show. So I'm sorry. Hey, you got Dave and Jamie here who make it all normal. (laughs) That's what it's all about. (laughs) We're normal, all right? There you go. (laughs) Fucking normal people for once on the show. We'll be right back. Shit. Facing my property. (laughs) Showed them. John, they were just kids. Kids, my dear Deborah, what's ruining this country? Everywhere you go, it's the same damn thing. There's no goddamn respect. I rest my case. Cara, you never pass that exam on an empty stomach. Cognitive therapy and emotional disorders. What are they teaching you in college these days? The art of going crazy? It's called psychology, Mom. Living in this house is enough to drive anyone crazy. Oh, yeah? Well, who the hell asked you to come back here in the first place? Better get Danny to school. Doesn't show her face around her own family for five years, then comes back and expects us to roll out the red carpet. You think going to college is going to make a few mistakes, girl? Huh? John, please. Lay off her, Dad. Let's go, Danny. Carol, wait. Please. John, can't we just sit down for once and try to be a family? Sorry, Mom. Oh, yeah, that's it, Deborah. Just keep slipping her the cash. You know, while you're at it, I got a great idea. Here. Here, why don't you give her all of our goddamn money? Why don't you leave her alone? Nothing ever changes, does it? I got news for you, girl. Before you came around, everything was going fine. Till you landed on our doorstep. You and that little bastard of yours. I see only one bastard in this house. Get away from her! You shut up and stay out of this. John, please don't... You ever talk to me like that again. And so help me, God. You understand? Love hurts. Guys, we're back. This is the second half 
of our top 10 favorite horror movies of all time. Alex, Jamie, Dave, we're all here. And this is where uh, this is where it all goes down. So we have done the top the, the bottom half of our top 10. So far, Jamie has Salem's Lot, Alien, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Poultrygeist, and no. Rosemary- <laughs> Poltergeist and Rosemary's Baby. Dave has Psycho, The Thing, Creepshow, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Friday the 13th, and these are all 10 to, 10 to number 6 spots. I have House, It, Steven, uh, Sleepaway Camp, Wolfman, and Costello Meet Frankenstein. Two-thirds of that list is amazing. <laughs> Thank you. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I actually love your picks, too. Thanks. I do, too, believe it or not. Yeah. Wow, thanks. Yeah. Uh, so we'll start off with the Dave. Top five favorite horror movies of all time. What is number five, Dave? Number five is Suspiria. He's a real horror fan, people. <laughs> if you don't have that on a shelf above your television, you are not a real horror fan. Yes, you learned that from Kirby. But, all kidding aside, if I did walk into somebody's house and I did see Suspiria on top of the TV, I would automatically... It would It would definitely... Uh, Sorry, Jamie, but it would. It would, right? It would steer me to, to like that person more, right yep, off the see? bat. Sorry, Jamie. Gotta tell you, not my favorite Argento. Ooh, she likes Dracula 2000-something. No, I don't. No, I, she doesn't. I, no, my favorite Argento is Deep Red. Deep Red. I knew it. <laughs> Not a bird crystal flew over the plumage? <laughs> <laughs> you, you just combined Cuckoo's Nest and fucking bird. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Amazing. Holy shit. That's how the mind works, people. Wow. It is. It is a solid choice. I mean, that is a feast for the senses. Right? Thank you. That's what a way to put it. It is a feast for the senses. The fucking the, the stuff that's on on film, the music, the, what you hear and what you see, is almost second to none, as far as that, in my opinion, from right when you sit down. Except it's the, number five. <laughs> no, wait, 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 wait. Now, guys, I've never seen Suspiria, and it's so intriguing to me that is the one movie i'm dying to see for some reason it just seems so weird to me and trippy and that's it is what is this movie about like what happens is it a killer movie no well people are killed in it but it's a coven of witches but to hear that doesn't do it any justice it's hard to explain okay give me justice why in the world would i watch this what what would i like that would make me like this how amazing are the kills how amazing is the music like Everything, there's nothing bad, in my opinion, you could say about it, except maybe the end is a tad bit rushed, a little bit anticlimactic for a second. They should be my one knock on it. But nowadays, it doesn't even matter to me. I've seen it so many times, it, 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 that's an afterthought. And I'm like, you know what? Big fucking deal. This movie, this entire movie is like a dream. Why can't a dream end quickly? So this is like it, then? <sighs> it's like it. It's, I'm uh, just kidding, dude. I'm <laughs> totally fucking with you. No, it's, it's not. Uh, the end was never... Um, unsatisfying to me. It just seemed a little bit like, hmm, okay, she gets there and this happens. Ah. That was a little quick. No, no, I hear you. I would believe you. I would never spoil it. Oh, okay, thanks. But 
it is it is a feast for the fucking eyes and the ears. I mean, what you see on that screen, the, the use of the fucking colors for no reason, just different rooms are, are lit up differently, and the set pieces. I don't know if fucking Germany really looks this way, these buildings, or these are set pieces that our general had fucking made, but it's just got a look that's just just phenomenal. I mean, that guy's, I could go on and on. The cinematography, the fuck, the music. Holy fuck, the, the soundtrack by Goblin from beginning to end is just... It's haunting. Really? Oh, it's oh, the fucking... Goblin, oh my goodness. Right? Oh, I gotta tell infectious. you, plot is not Argento's strong point. Nor True. is dialogue. True. So, uh, what you get here... You know what? If you want to compare it to something uh, more contemporary, I would say that you get from this this the similar kind of feel that you get from Lords of Salem in that it's mostly about the visual and the audio at least for me it is no I could buy that Lords of Salem is a, a bit of a comparison like you know I said that it's it's kind of like Argeno or, or Kubrick the way he tried that's what Rob Zombie was going for in that movie so sure I, I can yeah, see I mean the, the the visuals are very strong and the audio is, I mean, the the, the scores uh, unmatchable. I mean, it just, uh, it's really good, but you have to, in order to enjoy it, you have to kind of know that going in, that you're, <laughs> that, it, that, that this is a, a, you have to plug in your senses to it. And that's what the experience is about. Yeah, it sure is. And the kills are great too. You know, there's fucking gore going on. There's some. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it is Italian. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. We're watching it for fucking 1977 for rolling through the seven. All right, I'll hold hey. off till then, then. So I can get a, so you can get my first uh, perspective on that review. Yes, definitely. That, that, that's been my plan the, the whole time with that show to do. That's Dave's number five favorite horror movie of all time, Suspiria. Uh, so what's and that's mine? the song, by, by the way. Not the song. Remember I said about the movie? With the score that's like Halloween and, and Friday, that that's oh, the yeah. Yeah. oh that's better than that. It's it's up there with them in my opinion. That's that's what I was alluding to. I'll be honest with you, I never heard anyone in the world say that before. So now I'm interested. All right, well, my favorite, fifth favorite horror movie of all time, and I've been telling people this mostly on our Facebook page. Should I do my shameless plug? Fine, whatever. Everybody, if you don't know, go to our Facebook page. Not the one with 7,000 people on it. The other one. Look up the other one. Our group page. For some reason, that's only where the action is. I don't know why. Don't ask. Because anybody can post. That's why. On the fucking other pages, nobody can accept the, the, the admins. It's no, you can post, but nobody really sees nobody it. Nobody sees it. It doesn't go on the wall. So what the fuck good is that? <laughs> All Stupid right. Facebook. <laughs> So we have a group page for people who want to get their voices heard also. We asked, we did this year, like a year or two ago. So we're very interested in your words. So jump on. So so, uh, my fifth favorite horror movie of all time, like I've said many times on Facebook, is Return of the Living Dead. And that is a shocker for a lot of people because... Not for me. Not for me, no. (laughs) No, well, the general consensus, and you are right... I do not like zombie movies. And Jamie and I got into that three, two or three shows ago. Why I may not be into zombie movies. Maybe there's just no 
personal connection because I'm more of the, um, you know, the depth of character type guy. So a bunch of mindless nobodies running around is not going to really click with me. Hmm. That's just how it is. I don't know. You know what, though? We'll talk about it. It's for another topic. It's okay. If you're talking about Romero zombie zombie movies, there's all of (laughs) the zombos of those. I love zombos. (laughs) Well, we were when he what he's referring to is is the is the antagonist specifically. I I agree with that too about the antagonist. They're not so threatening. Alex tends to 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 go more for the antagonist that he can relate to, like Norman Bates. Right. Yeah. I guess that speaks to him. Yeah, I don't know. And it's weird because the the movie, like we just said, Battery, is a new horror zombie movie. And they did so much focus on the protagonist that uh, it, it was like living their experience. But I guess when I watched the experience of, like, army assholes and and just guys in a mall and stuff and, like people who can't get along in the original one remake original remake um i just don't i don't care i don't know (laughs) i know it sounds weird i just don't care about them and i just don't i don't care what their issues are and i just don't feel anything so to me it's just whatever so this movie uh i do care and it's because um no, I'm not really a punker from the 80s and stuff like that. I don't have, like, pink hair and fucking earrings on my face and nose and shit like that. But at the same time, um, I'm a, a, a party-type person, as lame as that sounds. Like, party I like... Party. Yeah, like, I like parties. I really do. And I don't like crowds, so it makes no sense. I like, you know, I'm, I'm, and it, which is perfect, because this is a party with, like, six people in it. So this is exactly what I like, if, if, if we could really, like, dissect here. So this is perfect. That is exactly the atmosphere I like. What I really love is the realism in the movie. Like, the way Bert and, and Ernie, I guess his name is, even though we're <laughs> naming Sesame Street characters at this point, uh, the way they play it, is just so, and even Tom Matthews, Tom Matthews, sorry, is just so real to life. It's almost as if somehow there was a video camera in the room and it just watched this crazy shit happen. Like, to me, it's so, it's almost beyond acting. It's almost like they're improving with this shit and this is real, though. Like, I don't even know how to explain the acting style here but to me it really resonates and it speaks to me i like every situation that happens there's not a boring scene in the movie it's it's a it's a fucking party and i've watched it with crowds of people plenty of times it's it's the 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 go-to and we did a, a a commentary on the entire movie the skeleton crew and the only way to find our commentaries is go to horrorphilia.com and then uh go to the podcast a through z or whatever it is and then click and then find us and then it's like at the bottom uh so we did a whole commentary on why this is you know cool and jamie likes it too and stuff like that love it yeah loves it it's the perfect blend once again just like house of comedy and horror uh, oh, um, and let's not forget the music. The soundtrack is so good that you could literally just own the soundtrack and and just play that all the time. Which I do. It's great. And me too. 
I uh, probably be playing it this right this whole October. I've been playing all the Halloween movie soundtracks, but I'll probably jump onto that. I've been doing Alice Cooper, so yeah, it's definitely gonna go into there. The the the, the setting, the the setups for every scene is great. The tension uh, and, and the intensity the characters, the, the the actors bring to it, just great. As Linnea Quigley in it, and it has uh, my favorite character from Friday Thirteenth, the the black guy. Uh, Miguel Nunez, I guess Spanish. I don't know what he is, but and uh, you know, uh, Demon from Friday Five is in this. That's him, and Thom Matthews from Friday Six. Tommy Jarvis is in this. I mean, it's just a great movie, and and fucking Clue Gallagher is in this, who I just met like uh, two months ago, and he's an, he's a great guy even in real life. I hope you didn't call him Gallagher when you met him. <laughs> oh great! What is it? Gallagher. Gallagher. Okay. <laughs> I've been saying Gallagher, Jamie, for like two years. Why didn't you tell me this? I thought I had. <laughs> you never mentioned it. So <laughs> Maybe I didn't want to be rude. Yeah, and he was in Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, The Father. And, and that's that. actually, believe it or not, that was the movie that got scratched off right before I did the list. I'm wondering about that, where it was. I scratched it off for it, believe it or not. Yep, that's it. You want Like I said, you want to hear the commentary? It's, it's, it's where I just told you, so... That is it, number five, Return of the Living Dead. So, Jamie, what is your number five? You have top five favorite horror movies. What is number five? Here it is. Friday the 13th, part three. Uh. Oh. <sighs> <sighs> <laughs> I knew that hit those like a punch to the gut for Alex. I'm sorry. Yeah, top five. <laughs> well, yes, because... Uh, I'm not going to rehash that story. You know the story, the swing story. You know that. <laughs> yeah, three times. <laughs> but that that right there was when I started to – I was a little kid and when I saw this at the theater, and I started to really dissect and understand horror film at that time. Like I, I started to piece them apart in my mind using my own uh, thought patterns and – this film is responsible for me really starting to look at things more in depth. I, and a lot of people don't aren't really in love with this particular part of the franchise. I, I get that. It's again, it's a very personal thing. This was the first Friday that I saw in a theater. I had already seen the first one at this point, but I hadn't even seen the second one at this point. So this is, but this was the first theatrical experience I had with Friday the Thirteenth. It's where we get to meet the Jason that we all begin, that we all come to love, and that's this is where he becomes the Jason that we know, and I have to give it props for that. Plus, I will watch it anytime. Any, I we just covered this on Devour, and I watched it like three times before I did that show. What? You know, I couldn't <laughs> wait. <laughs> I watched it way ahead of time, and then I watched it again, and then like I watched it again. I just, I never get tired of it, and I wanted to be Chris. When I was a kid, I wanted. She is still to this day my favorite final girl. Mine's Vera. Um, she's not a I final think, girl. Yeah, she's final for me. <laughs> um, I think. <laughs> I think that Debbie is the hottest chick ever. In the hottest pregnant chick ever of the Friday series. <laughs> Plus, it was in 3D, which is just awesome. In 3D. Oh yeah, because it really was uh, amazing. Well, no, but the, but it was a fun thing. No, I know. I'm just kidding. I've come, like I said, uh, I, I hate to be like, uh, oh, gee, now. But, yeah, when Richard Brooker died, 
the day I found out about that, and by the way, whoever doesn't, I can't imagine you don't know who that is, but that's Jason, the guy who played Jason in that movie. I said, wow, really, huh? So I went and watched part three, and I enjoyed it more than ever at that time. And I've come to accept, and me and Dave went over this, right, Dave? I don't know which show it was. Oh, probably the, oh, yeah, number 88, the Versa show, where we explored why my hatred for three developed. Exactly. Yeah, so Dave really exposed a lot of that, and I came to terms with it. And uh, the day of his death, when I watched it, and during that show, I really realized a lot of things about myself. So that was cool to uh, accept this. So, yeah, I do. It's it's cool that you like it. Um, Top ten? No, I think there's other Fridays that could have been there instead. Like even, you know, like two or four, probably. Well, I think, to be honest, I think four is a better film. Mm-hmm. I, I I prefer the Ted White Jason over Richard Brooker. And for many years, Brooker was my absolute favorite Jason. And he's still, you know, he's still my favorite. But I, I do love Ted White's anger. Like, he is pissed off <laughs> in part four. And it, it, it is just, that is such a good movie. It is so good. So if I had to actually say which was the better film, I would say Friday 4 is better than Friday 3. But okay. this hits a lot of personal notes with me, and right. that's you know why it lands on my top list. And that is completely understandable. And who am I to argue? Look what I got. <laughs> right, hey, whatever. Nothing wrong with any of the, any of the movies we've talked about so far from where I sit. So. Cool. Yeah, me neither. I mean, now we're getting into to real stuff here. So what is your fourth favorite horror movie of all time? All right, well, from one to another... And I hate to do it, but I'm sorry. This is just the way I feel. I got to pick another Friday the 13th. And it's part two. (laughs) (laughs) I love all the Friday love. I'm not going to deny it. Sorry, Tristan. (laughs) Right on, right. Why do you guys keep talking about this? (laughs) How can you not talk about part two, though? We'll be sure to talk about it in show 100, too. It'll come up, you know that. Why would it not? (laughs) Why not? Hey, we're going to talk about our first show, right? (laughs) Jesus right. Christ. Yeah. All right. So, Dave, why is Friday the 13th Part 2 your fourth favorite horror movie of all time? It, it could be the best slasher ever from where I said could be. You know, um, it's between that and another one. Obviously, we discussed this. Uh, yep, show we discussed this, how it goes back and forth. Yep. Yeah, we, and we did talk about that. You know what? It's It's actually scary to me, and that doesn't happen. You know, a matter of fact, the, the the next four movies on my list are movies that to me are, are genuinely scary. So maybe that's why they they, they hit me so hard because nothing really scares me. Jason in this movie scares me with him with that bag on his head and, and what's under it and the way he moves and it just seemed it's just fucking scary because it seems human. Right. Where later on, even in three and four, because of his size, and you know, I, I have nothing against three and four or any of them. I'm just saying, it's just different. He's just. It's scary because he's more human to me. And where in the other ones, he's just too big and it's intimidating, but it doesn't seem as realistic as as part two does. Dave, as you know, Scooby-Doo has taught us, and I'm not looking for a punchline here, that the humans are the real monsters. Mm -hmm. So that might be what resonates with you. You know, every time Scooby-Doo captured the abominable snowman or the fucking laser man or the, you know, whatever it is, they, they always pull the mask off, and it's a human being. Tarantula man. Tarantula, <laughs> neutron man, laser man. What's the boogeyman? 
<laughs> so humans are the real monsters, and that is the scariest thing. I mean, it's most relatable. So you seeing Jason, as I do in that movie, as most human Jason there is, that is the scariest thing about him. Absolutely, and the shots that they take with him when when he's coming out of the bed and when he, when she's in the shack at the end and the whole situation of the shack even being there is a scary thought, you know? And then she gets there and you see him coming through the window and you see the hand coming through the window in the other scene and just everything about it's just fucking scary. And on, the movie as a whole, it just flows perfectly. It starts from start to finish, I'm not bored. I like the characters. I'm on board with it. I like the kills. The only knock on it, and it's not the movie's fault, it's the MPAA's fault. I know. If it was as gory as part one would have been, it's a fucking, uh, it's a slam dunk anyway. But I'm just saying that's the only thing, in my opinion, that they could have improved on. Everything else, there's really nothing negative that I, I could even think about this movie. It's just a fucking, a perfect slasher movie. Yeah. It, it, it's an amazing ending, number one, with the, the first ending in Jason's shack, and then you got a, another ending, which is unbelievable. And yes, it's they pulled it from part one, but whatever, it doesn't mean it doesn't work. Uh, it's iconic, the imagery, the, the machete in the face of the guy in the wheelchair going down the stairs, the look of Jason, the mother's shrine, the end jump scene, the iconic imagery of that. Uh, uh, the you know the the whole encounter like I said with Gin, the in, with Ginny in the shack, uh, the the rainy night again, you know he might have gotten his look from the town the dreaded sundown but so that that was horrible that movie. I mean some people argue it's a great detective movie but it's certainly not a good horror movie. It's not in the league of this movie that's for damn sure. Oh freaking please! Did this not make your list, Alex? It's my number two. Nice. This is my second favorite horror movie ever. Awesome. Yeah, it's, which is why I'm gushing here. Um, yeah, of course. How could you not? Yeah, the music. And Dave's right. The, to me, man, this goes back and forth. You know, the the big thing, Halloween versus Friday 13th Part 2. Some people might say, I never heard of that before. Nobody even considered that. But I don't know. It's it's the first introduction of both guys. Like, on this show, Dan actually compared. He said, there's nothing. Watching Halloween on Halloween, you can't fuck with that. It's Watching Friday 13th on Friday 13th, it is not the same. Well, oddly enough, after our big show 88, I beg to differ, man, because this last Friday 13th was the most important in my life. And the only other one after this will be my wedding date, which is Friday 13th next year. Nice, just like me. No shit. I'm also getting married on Friday the 13th. What the fuck? Are you serious? Yeah. All yeah. fucking three of us. Are you got... Wow. Incredible. Wow, that's weird. Yeah, I guess we are fanboys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, that show wasn't too biased. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, well, yeah. No, I, I mean, think we gave it honesty, but maybe we're just not capable of giving it an honest fucking... No, it was totally whatever. honest. I mean, it just, Halloween, the franchise, is shit. That's all there is to it. On it the really whole, is. It really is. Sorry. And uh, Friday's more solid. Yeah. But um, I also met Brian on a Friday the 13th, which... Oh, shit which is huge uh, for both of us because we're both huge Friday the 13th fans. I mean, just... Damn. Wow. Um, That's crazy. That's awesome, man. That's yeah, awesome, know. actually. Wow. Who, who would have thought all three of us were like... We have like mental... Like, the stars or kinship, some shit. Again. And I was supposed to be born on Friday the 13th, but I was three days late. I ended up being born on Monday the 16th. Ah, you lazy fuck. Due date was, was September 13th. <laughs> you lazy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, you know, I think I think what it was is Monday's <laughs> was watching thing, so I was waiting for that one. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, this this last Friday the 13th was incredible. I went to Blairstown where part one was filmed. I ate at that diner Steve Christie was at before he died. Um, I went home. I watched, like, the perfect Friday the 13th. So I think I started my day off with three. Then I watched uh, one. And then two was the nighttime one. And man, I don't know what it was. It was the greatest experience of my like that Friday thirteenth is magic, and it is better than watching Halloween on Halloween. Sometimes when I watch Halloween on Halloween, I feel like I'm forcing it. Sometimes now I just watch it at any point in October, like I did yesterday actually. On I Do- saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Do- Donald Pleasant's uh, birthday. I watched it. Oddly enough. Which I know I was doing. I watched part one and two back to back, which Matt said you shouldn't do. Yeah. You know, you know what else, Alex? You and I watched part two at the same time this year, to the fucking second almost. Remember that shit? When we discussed that we were watching it at the time, we were texting and we sent each other the picture and it was almost the identical part. Oh, Friday 13th part two, yeah. We watched part two at the same, unplanned, Jamie. We just both happened to sit down. I mean, granted, it was Friday the 13th, but we still put the fucking discs in our players at just about the same time, give or take 20 seconds. 20 seconds. That's crazy. Right? (laughs) It is fucking crazy. I sent him a screenshot, and he said that just went, as fast as phones are, he said it just went by a minute ago. Yeah, and I'm sitting there showing my wife. I'm like, can you fucking believe that? (laughs) And she was like, Jamie, she's like, oh, yeah, that's kind of cool. I'm like, kind of cool? What are the fucking odds here? You know, now she's coming around, but I, damn. Yeah, I, I mean, we, this could have happened, but I didn't have to know you and be on shows with you. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Yeah. You know? you know, one thing I want to say, I've never said this on the show before or any show about this topic. Friday 2 and Halloween. I honestly think that if he had his mask in part two, now it, it, t- it would take away from it, in our opinion. Probably. Right. But I think people don't put part two on the pedestal that they put Halloween on. Just because they don't they don't dig the, the sad cat thing, right? That's what I think. I bet, and I don't know how you guys don't dig that. Damn! Just the idea of the sack that you are watching the origins of Jason, like you're literally watching shit that you know the whole world knows him as a hockey mask, but you knew him when it wasn't cool. <laughs> you know, like it's <laughs> it's that fucking cool that you know that, and that you get to watch that, and you get to see the the evolution. It's incredible. And how fitting was that mask for that movie? And, like, I can't even imagine. Man, everything in the world's meant to be, guys. Don't ever take it for granted. That mask was not supposed to be on him at that point, that hockey mask. I agree. Which I have nothing against, all, as odd as that sentence sounded. So, yeah, that's my number two pick. That's Dave's number four pick. So, uh, oh, I'm still up, though. Sorry, Jamie. It's okay. Because, <laughs> uh, okay. So, yeah, we'll go right to, you guys won't believe it, but another part two, and Jamie will be very happy. Halloween 2. Yay! Wow. Halloween 2, I have come to terms with this. I just listened to your guys' retrospective on Banana Laser, and this movie is so fucked up. There's no way getting around it. Nothing makes sense. Um, but, you know, man, I'm all about the experience, and, yeah, there's no characters I really relate to or anything like that, and there's no depth 
or anything like that. But what this movie does for me, it's atmosphere. It's uh, and <clears throat> what it really is is um, like we always say. Yes, it's great to watch a movie, but the only thing better than watching a movie is like when we think about movies. It's kind of like living through them and and like kind of living them in our own minds. And this movie, what you get to do is you get to live it visually and and audibly by watching Halloween two. To me, it's like living part one with um, a larger variety. It's like being in Haddonfield and and seeing a larger variety of things happen than just you know a girl's riding in a car and then girls talking on the way home from school and then. And then um, babysitting, you know, like there's just there's just more. It's a better exploration into what we already loved about part one. Whether I don't like those aspects, or it's not that I don't like them, I just don't. When I think about them, I can't. I can't see myself like that's what I like. If that makes any sense. Part two is when became when Halloween became slasher. That's that is the epitome of slasher film. You know how you know how I feel about it. Uh, the way they captured the feeling of Halloween. The acting wasn't that great. Like, it's some of... Sorry, this is going to be unpopular, but some of Donald Pleasance's worst, uh, at least with a couple scenes. Some of his best, but some of his worst. Like, there were some lines that were just, like, crazy. Uh, the, 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 the pacing was great. Most scenes... Uh, every scene, I think, was interesting. Uh, kills frequently throughout the movie. Uh, the characters, the thing about the characters that makes it great is the continuity. You brought back Bracket. You brought back Annie just to fuck up one little simple thing she had to do. You couldn't yeah. even come back and be dead. Oh, uh, right? What the fuck? One thing to do. I'll never forget this. What the fuck? Play dead, and she twitches her goddamn eyelid. Like, how come she didn't say, Okay, guys, guys, uh, yeah, can we just do that one more time? My eyelid sort of, like, twitched. I felt it. After he ran his hands over my face. Can we just do that one more time? She thought she could get away with it. And guess what? She did. She Yeah, she thought she could. And technically she did, but not to us. Well, not to us, but I mean, she got past her her, her bosses. Whoever was paying her yeah, fucking right paid. check. Right. right. Uh, Lori's back, she, but it's... Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, she's like dead throughout the whole movie. It really wasn't what I was hoping for. Uh, Loomis is back. He did do... He is. He was in the movie as much as I was hoping, and had as much presence. And even they got the nurse, the smoker, Marion, came back. Uh, you know, Michael was severely out of character. I mean, that's a whole other thing. And the guy who played him, they should have got an actor to play Michael in that movie instead of. Uh, a st- whatever. I don't think he's really a stuntman, in my opinion. I, I don't know what his credentials are. They should have got an actor to do that movie. What are you talking about, Dick Warlock? Yeah, uh, is he? A st- I mean, has he worked yeah. before? Okay. He's a stuntman, yeah. Okay, yeah, maybe is. maybe they threw him off a fucking cliff or something. I don't know, but he, <laughs> he definitely is no actor. He's he's not. No, he's a stuntman. No, that's a, that's all he is. He's a stuntman, basically, first and foremost, and then. And you could tell. I mean, he just did not understand. And his his whole reasoning for why he played Michael Myers like a robot is because of the scene where he sat up, like he did a yeah. sit up and looked at Laurie at the end of part one. Like, that is your approach to the entire... How about all the other stuff Michael did? <laughs> like, why would you just... Like, Michael didn't suddenly become a robot, bro, just because uh, he got stabbed in the chest. Like, <laughs> you gotta be out of your fucking mind. He did one thing 
that was calculated. <laughs> like, he didn't get up, like, and, like, move all around and get up. He just got up and uh, turned at her. Like, I don't know why he did that, but... Yeah, he could have played off that, let's see, that time. Oh, that time he was standing outside the school looking. Or that time he was standing in the backyard looking. Or that time he was standing from behind that bush looking. Yeah, okay, he could have used any of... <laughs> nice try, Jamie, but I got to come back. Sorry. How about the time when he was going up and down the stairs going after Lori? How about the time he was going through the kitchen after Lori? How about the time he was walking across the street after Lori? How about the time... Even then, when he was walking after Lori coming across the street, you know, the... A usual killer would be running after her he at was, that point, he but he was very state. Was <laughs> he was speed walking. It was just a big street. <laughs> and number two, you can't even compare. You can't act like you looked at that Michael and think that anything Dick Warlock did was normal. Or he could have reached back to him as a child when he was standing on the sidewalk looking. All right, Jamie. <laughs> you are trying so hard to defend this guy. I know what happened. He I'm really just didn't watch with it. you, dude, but I mean, he really didn't do a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. He stood around a lot. <laughs> I know what happened. I know what happened. Dude watched Halloween 1, you know, and that was the only part he saw. Somebody called him in a room one day at a party, a big fan <laughs> of Halloween 1, said, this fucking part's awesome, because it is. <laughs> Check this out! And he happened to look up when Michael sat up and fucking turned his head slowly. And that was his only experience seeing Michael Myers, so that that's why he did it. Good, good for him. How's that? Yep, that's probably. I what actually happened. love the way he portrays Michael in Part oh, Two. Please. What? Are you, are you serious? Yeah, yeah. You like that fucking real slow? I don't got it. You the elevator it. scene. To me, to me, right. it's more menacing. Uh, really? Because I, I think anybody can get away from him at that point. Well, they didn't. They didn't really. Lori got away fine. Oh well, Lori. Okay. Well, no, the only people who didn't get away were the people who didn't know he was coming. Well, that's going to be the way it is in every slasher film. That's what happens. Everyone gets knocked off, and then the only person who ever lives is the one who finally figures out what the hell is going on. But up until that point, they always sneak up on them. I don't mind the theory of him walking slow, but it was so fucking intentional that he right. was trying to walk slow. Like he, almost like he was getting closer to her, and he's like, oh, I better slow down now. <laughs> if he was walking any slower, he would have fucking been walking backwards, I think. <laughs> he would have been doing the fucking moonwalk after Lori in the elevator. <laughs> you know, stylistically, I'm okay with that, that he's walking slow for a reason, but that elevator scene and a few other scenes, it was just blatantly obvious that he was trying to be as slow as possible. It just, I don't get it. One thing that gets me is the scene where he sort of jumps up and it goes, Dang! Oh, God. <laughs> the ninja scene? Yeah. That is the worst. You know what it reminds me of? That's bad. <laughs> you know those toys, those Halloween toys that you push down a skull's head? And they and jump it fucking pops up? <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is, totally. He's a Michael oh. in the box. Right. <laughs> Someone should buy one of them, make one of those fucking things. You push it down and it pops up quick and then, no. you know. We don't remember that music. kill of the girl in the pink shirt. We're good. <laughs> No, you know what's funny about Halloween, too? The scene nobody ever mentions ever in the world. I bet you I'm the first one to bring this up. This is, and that's that's a great thing to, uh, that you can actually be the first at something at a movie this popular at this point in the game. But check this out. I bet you never thought of it. The scene where, remember when Laurie climbs up a window and then he's, like, grabbing her legs and trying to slash him with his little blade? Mm-hmm. And then she falls on these, like, uh, cardboard bottle holders of some kind or whatever. 
and and she like crashes. It's a great, it's a cool thing. She uh, she falls into it, mm-hmm. and then she you know she goes to the elevator after that. No one ever thinks about the idea that Michael also climbed through that fucking window and jumped down. Like, how weird is that? Can you picture this guy who walks like he does <laughs> going up there and climbing through that window and jumping down also? Well, that's why we don't <laughs> that's see ridiculous. it. ridiculous. You're right. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> like, we're just like, oh, whatever. He also went, like, what? He did? <laughs> I don't see that happening. And I don't see the guy who walked that slow to an elevator. I don't see him walking on a roof ten years later either. I just I don't see this. There's just something so fucked up about this whole franchise. It is just so. Ugh. Yes, guys, this is my number four favorite movie of all time. <laughs> right. Oh, that's funny. So that that shows you where where I'm at. So, Jamie, I'm sorry we took so long with that. We just got into a whole tangent. Jamie, what is your fourth favorite? <laughs> We're still doing this, by the way. What's your fourth favorite horror movie of all time? My number four is The Howling. I know you don't like it, Alex. I, nope. I And I don't understand it. Um, to me... He doesn't either. This was my... <laughs> this was my... This began my love of werewolf films. I pretty much simultaneously saw The Howling and American Werewolf in London. And everyone loves the transformation in an American werewolf in London and it is it is astounding it is that is true there and I do love that movie I just watched it a couple weeks ago I am crazy about it but what I love about the howling is I personally find two-legged werewolves much more frightening than four-legged werewolves and uh, so I think the werewolves in the howling are super scary I love their look I love the fact that they can turn at will. I love the fact that we have these, this, all of these characters, these really interesting characters kind of thrown together. But they also, they play bits from the Wolfman in this movie, which uh, I adore. And it, they go back to silver bullets being able to kill them. And um, it's just, Dude, I don't know. I mean, this was another one of those movies that I watched a ton as a kid, and it cemented my love of that subgenre, which now um, that's why I do an entire show based around werewolves is because of this movie. Jamie's liking it. I'm liking it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I'm not going to add much because I don't want to ruin anybody's parade. Um, (laughs) I don't know. I I just didn't click. I don't know. So you like it? I'm due to watch it. I haven't watched it in probably since the fucking 90s sometime. That's how long it's been for me. Damn. I know. They made like six of these goddamn things. Seven. Oh, my God. Well, plus The Howling Reborn, so eight, I guess. Shit. I wonder what what you have to be into to like that, because I'm into werewolves. werewolves. No, I am. (laughs) And and Jamie and me usually are are on the same page, but I don't know. I, I didn't get it at all. I wonder what was wrong. Like, nothing at all grabbed me. Probably, like, just the transformation scene. And this is, like, now I watched it. So, <laughs> And I was, I was, I had no idea I wouldn't like it, so I wasn't, like, you know, I had no preconceived notions. Uh, Dave, what is your third favorite horror movie of all time? Well, we got to keep this conversation going. Uh, it's Halloween. Ooh. Halloween, the night he came home. 
yes, the other movie that may be the best slasher of all time. Like I said, I, I flip-flop between Halloween and Part 2, Friday Part 2, and um, Halloween just has, uh, I guess it was the first one, and we all know what it is, and we all know the strong points. Yeah, fuck. If you want to hear all the strong points, go to Banana Laser, number, show number 13. Yeah, we've only plugged it fucking 18 times tonight, so yeah. Right. Show 13, go check it out. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it is John Carpenter's Halloween. It's, it's the one and only, and it has not lost one bit of luster in all the years I've been watching it. And I'll say it again, when I watch it on Halloween night, there's nothing that does compare to it. Even though Alex just said about Friday... It hasn't gotten old to me yet, watching it on Halloween. I look forward to it every fucking year. Right. I can't wait to, to get home tonight, sit down, get some pumpkin seeds, fucking take a little bit of my daughter's candy and fucking get into the whole ambiance of it. Shut off all the lights, keep on the pumpkins that are in the house, and away we go. Right. So, it's an experience. I'll tell you what, though, man. Halloween's touchy. I feel like, uh, with me anyway, I feel like I have a better experience watching that alone. Whenever I watch with people and I watch it kind of through their eyes, I don't enjoy it as much. It is better alone. I agree. I'm too worried about, like, them being bored. Ah. And it messes me up. So I, I begin to think that I don't like it as much as I thought I did. Hmm. Interesting. This is the movie I left off my top ten. Wow. You put part two on and left part... Holy fuck unthinkable i can't believe it wow yeah and and of course i'm not saying part two is better you just enjoy it more is what you're saying i never thought that until last night wow isn't that something yeah maybe this list is one of these things where i'll say a year from now like nah i think i was just i don't know what i was going through Now, Jamie is interesting here because she already has admittedly said that she likes Part 2 more than 1. And as we all know, she has not listed a Halloween yet. And now we're getting into her uh, top three favorite horror movies. You know, uh, we already did mine, Psycho, so we're skipping that. So it's, it's a big deal now whether or not Halloween or Halloween 2 is in Jamie's top three. Or both. Or neither. <laughs> or neither. Or. Or neither. Because that's the correct answer. Neither. There is not one Halloween film on my top ten list. Really? Now, how do you explain this? Uh, just don't make my top ten. I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I have a great deal of respect for Halloween. I love it. I watch it several times throughout October, not just on Halloween night, but I always watch it on Halloween night. On Halloween night, I have Halloween 1, 2, 3, Trick or Treat, and this year I'll be adding WNUF Halloween special to my rotation. <laughs> oh, who gave that to Jason, who gave all of us that one? <laughs> no, uh, actually, that was recommended to me by a listener a long time ago, but um, <laughs> I, I love that movie. I've fallen in love with it. So Nice. Um, the And so as, as much as I love at least the first three Halloween films, and I watched them religiously at Halloween time. Just not in my top ten. Just not. Wow. Well, so, good. We don't want. All, what the fuck? You know, you, we should have different. I'm glad that she doesn't have one and two because we've already discussed one and two and picked them. So Jamie's going to have different movies, and now I'm more curious as to what they are. So <laughs> for the sake of the show, good. 
<laughs> yeah, but what about for the sake of our sanity? I know there are people. There are people. <laughs> I know that there are people out there screaming right now, pulling their hair out, going, "What is wrong with you?" And to them, I say, "I don't care." Um, <laughs> they already just did that to me, so we're good. Okay. <laughs> uh, but my number three is The Exorcist. <laughs> the oh. one I've been joking about all night. Like, it's not The Exorcist. Oh. Right. Right. Yes. yes. Number three is The Exorcist, and I cannot describe how much I love that movie. I can't. I mean, it is it is another one of those films that we had growing up that I watched all the time. And it just, when I was young, it didn't scare me. I had seen it so many times, it didn't scare me. But if I watch it now, I can appreciate the horror of it. But everything, the the way that that, pil- that film is put together... I mean, just what, like all the things that everyone went through to make that film, all the little bits and pieces that he put together to to make one of the most perfect films ever made. And that's that film. I love it so much that I saw a, they re-released it in the theaters several years ago. And I was watching this movie. Behind me was this kid. And then I say kid, but he was like 17. And the fil- the, the film was over. And he stood up and said, well, that was boring. What? I saw fucking red. I was just like, I, you know, I, I, I respect everyone's opinion and you're allowed to have whatever opinion you want. But I, I don't know what happened to me at that point, at that point, but I stood up and I turned around and I I pointed at that kid and I was like, you better show some respect. Oh my God. Can you imagine having this nut job in front of you saying that to you? And this kid was with his father. <laughs> nice. You heard the lady, son. <laughs> and that, they didn't. Neither one of them said anything. They just sort of stood there, stunned. And <laughs> then I just walked out of the theater. Awesome. Wow, ruined your whole experience. But I also uh, it, saw it the second time around. It made me really fucking angry. You know that. And yeah. That, Come on. I mean, like I said, you have the right to think whatever you want about anything. But I don't see how it's humanly possible to sit through something like that, particularly in a movie theater on the big screen. The sound design on that film alone is, I mean, you could just take out the visuals and the sound design will will just take you away. But I, I just don't understand how you can sit through that experience and then come away saying it was boring. I don't get it. Michael J. said it's not scary. I don't agree with that either. Right. I didn't used to be as scared of it. Now I think it's scary. It's scary. Like Jamie said. I didn't mean to say as scared either. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a scared. I'm not used to be as scared of it. Mama <laughs> says I'm not a supposed to. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I'm not a supposed to. <laughs> Isn't that how little Danny talked? Why don't you in, uh, yeah, talk about it. Right. <laughs> That's great. Holy <laughs> shit, man. It's interesting to... that these two movies just came up. That's fucking great. You know what, Jamie? Uh, upon the re release, too, when you went to the theater and saw it, that was one thing they did better. Was, well, not be, it's because of the times we're in, was the sounds. And I remember sitting in the theater and you could hear Reagan because, you know, all those scenes when you're not in the room yet and they're downstairs talking to the mother and you you can hear little noises coming from Reagan's room. And when I'm in the theater, it was surround sound, of course, because it's the times. But I remember like in the in the far left corner, you just hear like a little 
like noise going on and it's Reagan and you're just like holy fuck there was just one more thing they added to it when they re-released it and it came to theaters what an experience that was yeah I that was my first time to watch this movie was in what was it 2000 or something something like that yeah it was 2000 it was but it was around there yeah it was 2000 or 2001 for for certain yeah something like that I thought I just watched one of the greatest movies in the world did I was like, yeah, I did, right? You did. That's because you did. It is. <laughs> Technically, that is one of the best films ever made. It's just, and I don't care if you like it or not, or if you think it's scary or not. You cannot argue the technicals of that film. You just can't. I could care less. I was scared out of my mind. <laughs> I, I was totally wrapped up in this movie. I was like, holy shit, what the fuck? Would either of you say this film was boring? I, I don't know. Oh, wait, wait, are you asking us? Mm-hmm. No. Um, it's my number two, so... <laughs> Yay! We've done it again, Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you, too. The stuff that was coming out of her mouth, the cursing and the crucifix and all that other shit, and stick it up your ass and everything, you know, every fucking thing that came out of her Jesus, mouth, I was just... Jesus, fuck me, fuck me, Jesus! All of it. I was just like, <gasps> and at the same time, awesome, you know? I was just like... Holy fuck, what am I watching here? And I was so... I even read the book. I was like fucking 13, 14 years old. And I, I read the fucking... The whole book. William oh, the book is so good, too. Right? Oh, man. Only losers read! Yeah, it's awesome. It's a great fucking... <laughs> great read. And I was so into it. And now, ever since my daughter came into the world, I see it from a different perspective. And now it's scary to me. Because I put myself in the shoes of the mother... And what's going on? I'm like, holy fuck. What yeah, like, would what you if you're a kid, yeah. Right. That that and Poltergeist, going back to Poltergeist, I, I look at them with new eyes being a parent. It's like, oh my God, I, this is unbelievable. But all that aside, Poltergeist is a great movie, but The Exorcist, technically, you know, the way it looks, the way it sounds, and just the whole mystique of it and, and the whole atmosphere of it is just fucking just incredible and there's not enough i can say about it and i'm not going to sit here for five minutes doing that but thank you we'll talk about influential too i mean you cannot make a film involving an exorcism that's not going to be compared to this film and 30 years later we cannot even approach it go figure like why could they make it so good that time but with all the knowledge and build upon ideas we could do we still can't make it that i don't even understand that it's that good how could it be that good it's impossible because you can't rip it later what you know if you try to do something now you're going to rip the movie it's going to be you it's such a the subject matter is so it's taboo now because you'll never be able to hit the heights and if you do try you're going to be ripping it off you could make a movie technically just as good watch that movie put something out with a, a modern maybe like rob zombie takes it on or something but not in a trashy way like a lord of salem way or a great director that you can do things visually and do things with, but everyone in the world, even if it's great, they're going to point and say, well, this is an exorcist ripoff. You, for some reason, that this movie is it. just untouchable. Right. Well, look at Jaws. You can't really do Jaws without no. being a ripoff. You know? I mean, you can have the Jaws do a lot of cool things, like just jump out of the water and rip someone's head off and land back in the water, but, I mean, it's just... <laughs> There's got to be something, you know, yeah, you could do cool things with anything, but at the same, I don't know, just like, uh, I don't know, some things seem to be untouchable. 
I wonder if the Exorcist will ever be remade. I mean, you really this is I. What's more untouchable, Jaws or, or Exorcist? I think Exorcist is almost more untouchable. I think they're equally untouchable, and that be, and, and I say that because the interesting thing is that with these two films, I frequently end up using them as comparisons. Whenever someone tries to tell me that Jaws isn't a horror film, I always say, "Well." 40 years later, there are people who still won't go into the ocean, but no one ever stopped being Catholic because of the exorcist. Well, actually, I converted to Jewish, so. Did, <laughs> did you? Um, but, the, but, and, and, but that's taking nothing away from the exorcist. I'm, that's just an illustration as to how frightening Jaws actually is. Yeah, in reality, that nobody would do that. Right. I think they are both the high point of what they are, and I, I think that they're equally untouchable in that not that no one will ever attempt to do it, but I don't think you could. I don't think you could. For one, can you imagine the budget that would be involved in creating a, this and recreating The Exorcist today? Uh, is just if you wanted to do everything practically, which would be the only way to do it and get and garner any kind of respect, is because you're not really going to get any anyway if you attempt to remake The Exorcist. I don't think anyone's going to be okay with that. Yeah. But if you were attempt if you attempted to do it and you did everything practically, the budget would be through the roof. And if you tried to do it with CG, then you're just gonna get laughed at. Forget there really is no way to do it. Almost the same with Jaws. <laughs> like Oh, for sure. Who right. wants to see a CG shark? You know, if you wanna see CGI sharks, watch Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> Which I actually like. I enjoy Deep Blue Sea quite a bit, but it's no fucking Jaws. Right. Yeah. Well, there you go. So, um, so we're glossing over. And in case anybody wonders why I haven't said anything, number my top three was Psycho. We already discussed that. My top two was Friday Thirteenth Part Two. We already discussed that when Dave mentioned his part, his fourth favorite. So we're gonna gloss over me again because we're in uh, our top twos. So yes, mine's Friday too. So now we're gonna go to Jamie. Uh, what is your second? Wait, what was Dave's top two? Uh, he said Exorcist. Oh, Exorcist. Okay, sorry. sorry yeah, sorry. so we're gloss over him too. So now Jamie gets two in a row, basically by default. It's like playing Uno. Reverse cards all over the place. No, I'm gonna guess now. This is easy to me. Your your top two are very simple to me, just by looking okay. at your list. Yes. I, yeah. Okay. So go ahead and say. To make Tristan happy, what is your second favorite horror movie of all time? Uh, oh, judging from that comment, I don't know if you know it. Jamie, there's <laughs> no way. You've already told me in a franchise what is your first and second favorite. And you mentioned your second favorite. So there's no way that this first one's not here. No, no. She said something earlier. So no, I, I, don't, I don't think you do know Alex. Obviously, you know her number one, but I think you don't know her number two. Wait a minute. Yeah, because she would have mentioned it already because you already mentioned it. Telling you, it's not on the list. It's not on her list. No, she has a different number two. Then she's not being accurate to her former statements. Well, she changed her mind. A woman can do that. Okay. (laughs) Well, what do you think it is? Well, you said that you like Friday 1 and then Friday 3. You said Friday 3 is your second favorite on show 88. That's true. I did. But that's not. But that is not. <laughs> ac- I did back then. But that is no longer. Back then, accurate. it was three months ago. Hey. Yeah. Well, I mean, shit changes. Holy shit. Um, I. 
if I mean when I well I told you when I was going through this list that I had to look at what I had to look at and it was it was originally on my list but I had to look at what was more important to me in my formative years as uh, you know to making me who I am that's what makes them my favorite so looking at that I really had no choice but to make it Friday 3 and I know what your number 2 is Jamie All right, what is it? you do what oh, I know what it is I know okay ready Dave to start <laughs> What letter does it start with, Alex? D. I agree. Okay, go ahead. I'm right or I'll be wrong. <laughs> okay, are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> My number two film <laughs> is Dawn of the Dead, 1978. Yes. All right. <laughs> Man, we're good. You guys are good. You're very good. Yeah. I didn't expect you to get that. <laughs> we know you. <laughs> you do. Um, well, I mean... That is my number one zombie film. It is. Uh, I love Romero. If you're if you're gonna talk zombies, then I think you need to go no further than Romero. And I mean, he is the granddaddy after all. And uh, Dawn of the Dead is epic. It is uh, full of colorful characters and nostalgia. I mean, you you watch that film and you are in 1978. And I love everything about it. That was the first zombie film that I ever saw. I saw it before I saw Night. And it impacted me. I have a, I have a, an emotional tie to the Box Arco Pitcairn zombie, who is my favorite zombie ever. And there's a sadness uh, within that zombie that touches me. And I think that that sort of uh, illustrates how I feel about the entire film. It just is – there's a, a human aspect to that film and to the zombies within that film that resonates with me. I don't know. I can't – that is a movie that I will watch – I'll watch it three times a day if you want me to. I <laughs> I have no issue with watching that movie anytime. I never get tired of it. It never gets old. I will pick it up from any point if I'm – happen to be flipping through channels and it's on, I'm going to watch it. I don't care if it's the first 15 minutes or the last 15 minutes. It doesn't matter. Wow. I agree with her. And I, I, I really, I could watch that three times a day. Get out of here. Oh, yeah. You know, I've watched that movie so many times, back since videotape, so many times. Oh, I fucking love that movie. Yeah, and matter of fact, the only reason I didn't put it on my list is because coming into this, and for some reason, for years, Dawn was my number one undisputed zombie movie for fucking years and years. Um, again, with the fucking past 10 years, something happened with Blu-ray in me or something. I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, the last 10 years, night, dawn, and day, I you can ask me, and, and by the month or by the view, I can tell you which one of those three is my favorite. I love them equally. So because I couldn't pick one of them, I excluded them all from the list, just to be fair. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> that's so cute. Thank you, thank you. It's exactly the opposite of what we're doing, but that's cute. I had, I, honestly, how fucking lame would it have been if I sat here and I said night, dawn, and fucking day on my top Dude, ten. but that's how people know where you're coming from, though. If What's that's that? your top ten, then that's your fucking top ten. I had no problem with that. I couldn't decide, though, because like I said, I always had a top seven. And then the other one, it would have been one of those other ones, but I couldn't decide. And right. I couldn't leave off the other one. So it was tough. How are you looking at your list and see where it would squeeze between? Like picking a favorite child. Like imagine right? they're all one big movie. Where would you put this? 
above Friday two, above no, no, Suspiria, no. above Friday thirteenth, above Texas. No, no. It would have been right around the seven eight mark. Okay. Okay. That's where it would have been. But I couldn't decide which one to, to do because honestly, lately I've had a real uh, affinity for day. Big time. Oh, I love day. Yeah, man. Day was the first zombie movie to scare me and it scared me hardcore. Like it it to this like I just watched it a few, I mean, I watched that probably three or four times a year. I want to know what the fuck you're doing with my time! <laughs> Is that food enough for you? <laughs> um, this past year, I've watched it three times for shows, really. And I don't, it's not one of those I have to watch for a show, but whenever there's a show coming up about it, I'm like, hey, let me watch it. But still, when I watch Day, I have to watch something else after it. Or I won't be able to sleep. If I watch that, the very last thing that I watch at night, and I've done it recently, I've fucked myself over. I will not go to sleep <laughs> that night because I'm terrified. Wow. <laughs> I'm That's serious. Awesome. I'm. T- it scares the shit out of me. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> they're coming to get you, Jamie. Pure enjoyment is dawn all the way. I, I love it. And I even green green faces and all. Give me those fucking zombies any oh, day. Oh, that fake I love fucking them. blood. Get the and fuck out. And that blood. Of here. I love that bright crayon Italian red Italian blood. blood. Yes. Please. Yes, that's my favorite blood in the world. That's the kind of blood the fucking count from Sesame Street drinks. <laughs> crayon blood. It's so beautiful. God damn it. That's why the Italians were... I mean, that's another thing I love about this film is the Italian influence of this film. It's... it's... Well, you're something hilarious. So we're watching Halloween 2 last night, and one of my girlfriend's fiancé's friends, uh, Michael gets shot in the eyes, and blood drips down his mask. So, you know, it's a great scene, and it looks great. You know, it's not a complaint in the world, I think. And this girl goes, oh, that blood looks so fake. And we both looked at her like, what? Wow. And she goes, no, no, I just mean like the, uh, and Tiffany goes, I thought it looks really good. And she goes, no, just like the, uh, the consistency or, you know, like the, the, the stickiness of the, con- whatever, however she said it. And can you imagine? Someone's worried about the stick. How could you even tell, number one? I was going to say, you can't even tell from that scene. Right. It's not like there's a ton of it. And what? why are you focusing on that at that point? Right. <laughs> you should be like, wow, she shot him in the face. You got canisters going off. You got him swiping at the air. You got, you know, Lori hiding in the corner. You've got Donald Pleasant. What the fuck are you focusing on that for? Mom, go. You know what? It is, you know what the problem is people who know me, they they know I'm this like person here, and they're like they try to be, they try to watch stuff like the way they think I do. Like they don't realize that when I watch a movie, I'm just enjoying it, unless I'm taking notes and stuff. You know, when you gotta take notes, it's obviously your mind's in a different ball game. But they act like they're gonna be these critics or whatever. Sometimes when they're watching movies with me, and they're gonna do what they think I do. And it's not what I do. You know, like, I, I don't sit there and think about that when I'm watching. You know why, though, Alex? People fucking, that's the thing to do now. People that, that think they, they claim they love shit, mm-hmm. go on there and then they critique it the whole time. I'll never fucking understand there. It's like a real hipster mentality. It's, a, it's the internet. Everything gets picked apart. But it makes no sense. If you love something, you go and you fucking love it. Otherwise, you're fucking missing the boat, dude. You know? 
go enjoy it. But modern times, people, you know, even even people that claim to love horror and they go on the website and they fucking someone says something about a movie and they gotta tear it apart. I won't do it. If someone says something on a fucking Facebook page or this or that and they say, what do you think about the sacrament or something? You know what? It's not in me to go on there and fucking bash on something that someone Oh, how says. weird that you should bring that up because I, I just it. got oh. into a thing about the sacrament today. Oh. She's that person. Yeah, yeah. That's why I said the sacrament though because someone had brought it up. Here's what – if they said, what do you think about it? I'll give my opinion. But if someone says, oh, I just saw Ty West, the sacrament, and I love it. I think it's a great movie. I will not go on there and rain on their Oh, parade. no, no, no. That's what Merriman does. He does that shit all the time. <laughs> and I'm like, stop it. You know, I mean, if we're in a discussion about something, you know, then that's one thing. And someone like today, the only reason I got into because I wasn't going to get in this conversation. I was avoiding this conversation. I have had my say about the sacrament. I'm done with that. But Jace, Jason fucking Lloyd dragged me into this conversation because he you likes to you? stir up shit. Yes, he did. I think that's his middle name at this point. Fuck he him. likes to stir up <laughs> shit. That's his favorite thing. And I even texted him. I'm like, you just love to wind me up and watch me go, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's that's what he does. So um, he dragged me into this conversation about the sacrament. And, I was just, and what he said was, maybe Jamie needs to watch it a third time so she can have an appreciation for it. I'm like, oh, no, you didn't. So <laughs> so then all I did was all I did was basically just point out the things that I've pointed out before. I didn't, you know, I'm not getting all hot headed over it. I mean, that's, you know, there's no point. But if someone says, hey, I really enjoy this movie, you know, in the interest of conversation, I may say something like, oh, well, that's good. I didn't. But I'm not going to just shit all over everything that someone else loves just for the sake of shitting all over it. I don't understand that. Get your negativity off my thread. That's what <laughs> when when I am when I am if I post something on my personal page and like oh, I just watched this, you know, then don't come in there and just B- oh, guns sucks. blazing and try to rip it apart because what are you doing right not if you said you enjoyed it now if you said i watched it and what do you guys think and you're inviting something a conversation that's one thing but if you come on there and say i love it it's the old adage if you have nothing nice to say don't fucking say it at all i'm not gonna why rain on someone's parade but that's what people do nowadays so that's what that girl was expected because alex is such a big horror head in her mind that he probably critiques everything so she probably thought that you know that's what to do but I'll tell you what, about the blood, I think her complaint is the consistency in the blood because how quick it rolls down the mask. That's where I think she was coming Oh, yeah, from. yeah. And I, I visualizing that scene, I can totally see that. I just don't see – I have never – even though I noticed that, that's not something that I have ever said or ever oh, would no. say while watching that scene <laughs> because it's not what's important. If exactly. you are focusing on that, then you are missing the point. Mm-hmm. Hey, you want to know something else weird, Alex? Mm. Did you say that um, Montgomery added you to the Nancy Loomis page today? <laughs> yeah. You know what you should do? As soon as you finish this, go on there and mention how she fucked up in part two and fucking opened her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> say something negative, maybe he'll kick you off. Yeah, thank you. That'll be the first time. <laughs> what a nut. Oh, yeah, I deleted myself from like 13 of his pages this weekend because... I when I click a certain button on my phone, it brings me to all my groups, and I get to just pick where I want to go. And it's just clogged up with garbage, so I had to delete them all, so I have like quicker navigating. Mm-hmm. And then it's almost like this guy knows it. How could he know? 
I don't understand how Montgomery knows you left in one of his groups. I don't know, but he is lightning fast. I know. I mean, like that one time, what finally did it for me, what finally just made me kick him to the curb completely was he kept adding me to this page. I would delete myself. He'd add me right back. I deleted myself. He added me right back. Three times he did this. <laughs> and I, said, I, am, I said, I mean, and just like that, it was in the span of, I was, I was sending you guys screen caps of him adding me back. And it was just, I mean, I can't even talk about it as fast as it happened. It was just, it was like, I'm like, what is this guy doing? How does he even know? Like, um, is he just watching the number go down? Yeah, and I don't he knows know. it must be Definitely her because, because, yeah, I but just how would he know it's her? her? Yeah, I don't because, know. It's because, weird. Because obviously, if you just added someone, what are the odds that if the number goes down a second later, that it's not her? You know what I'm saying? People don't usually just leave groups for no reason that they've been. I left the group two weeks later, though. How would he know to add me to six more after I left? 11 of them. Well, that's different. But if he, well, he just added you... He that you left the other ones usually. <laughs> he right. Just... He doesn't know. Exactly. But if he just added someone, he knows my number is 434. I want to hit 435. I'm going to add Jamie Jenkins. Boom. There she is. Now he's going to look for a second. I want to see if this fucking bitch leaves because she's done it before. Boom. He's waiting for <laughs> This fucking bitch. That's, what, that's his mind. That's what he's thinking. That's what he's doing. I'll tell you what, though. Guess what? Yesterday and today, he added me to a page, and by the time I, I hit the notification, he already kicked me out because he knows I don't want to be added. <laughs> well, what is the point, then? He sees the error in his ways because I've come at him before saying, please don't do this. So sometimes yeah, well, I came at him saying, please don't do this, and he's like, not in my world. Yeah, I don't know. I guess you rubbed him wrong. Jimmy. Here's what I want to know. Like, I've left literally. <laughs> this is not a joke. Literally, probably 37 of his groups already. Yeah, same here. I left Loomis. I can't do that thing I told you to do because I left it. Right. So, wouldn't you, as a normal human being, <laughs> say, well, clearly this guy just does not like being in my groups. He doesn't want to be in my groups. He's just, he's not going to stay around. No matter what I add him to, this fucking guy is going to leave. I'm not going to even waste my short, my life is short, number one. I'm not going to waste it adding this asshole back into my groups. I'll be his friend, I guess, whatever. But that's it. No, no he just... I think he does it maliciously. I agree. He's an asshole. Deleting or Like, I feel like I'm wasting my life now. You know what I did? You, well, you know what I did. I fucking banned the fucker. I got... I, I told him, I'm like, you're working on a ban here. And I don't ban people. It takes a lot mm. to get me to ban someone from my page. But... Um, I'm like, you're working on being banned here. And he's like, not in my world. He said that shit again. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you fucker? What? Hello? So I unfriended him. I thought that would be good enough. But then, no, then he started talking shit on my photos. And <laughs> I was like, nope. So that's when I had to ban him completely just to get him out of my life. He's like, I think he does it just to be a dick. But how many groups could even know? Like, how could he, like, adding me to a Courtney Gaines page? Like, who would have thought that even exists? Because he met her at a fucking thing. He, and, Courtney um, Gaines is a he. That's a guy. That's the guy from, uh, it's the guy from Corn of Fields or whatever. From Children of the Corn. Yeah. Oh, that's right. We discussed this a few weeks ago. Right, right. Yeah. Courtney Gaines. Who the fuck would even put a, th a, a minute of their thought in their brain to the redhead guy from Children of the Corn. We've been through it. He, Anyone he meets and has a nice relationship or a nice experience with, pardon me, at a um, at a, a convention, that's what he makes a page for. He feels like I made a connection with this person. They're nice. 
I'm gonna fucking put up a. I make them. I'm gonna tribute them. They're by nice. Making. Hi, how you doing? Good. Uh, do you want to buy an autograph? Okay. How much? Uh, thirty-five dollars. Uh, is that for a picture and an autograph? Yep. Okay. What do you want right now? Uh, Scott. Hi, Scott. My friend Scott. Okay. Okay. Ready for a picture? All right, man. Well, nice to meet you. You too. Hi. How you doing? Uh, what's your name? And oh wow, this guy's amazing. Uh, let me go home. Courtney Gaines, children of the lost child. The lost child of the cornfield. Like, who the fuck would think like that? Like, the guy has nothing. Like, there's nothing. Ugh. Oh, yeah. God. It, who, Courtney Gaines. Is, is that the kid who played Rusty in, like, the Griswold? Yes. Beca- it is? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Holy what? shit. You're fucking serious? No. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and which one? Uh, the European. European. In European, he, oh, played, he played buy. Rusty in European yeah. Vacation. It was Anthony Michael Hall in one. Okay, all right. Yeah, Anthony Michael Hall. Then uh, the one we just said, Gaines, and then it was like the kid from uh, Roseanne or something. Yeah. Yo, check this out. I know. I know a crazy story about fucking Courtney Gaines. This dude was in Vegas, and he's a member of a band. My my favorite band, Fish. Anyway, he's a member of Fish, and he has a friend there. And anyway, they're in they're in Vegas in their, in their hotel room, and they're a, a couple guys party, and they happen to be eating mushrooms that night. Long story short, this guy from Fish meets Courtney Gaines, and decides he's gonna play a prank on his friend. So he invites Courtney Gaines to come in the fucking hotel room, and fucking he puts he says, "Hey, I wanna watch Children of the Corn," because his friend's a horror fan. He watches Children of the Corn, and before the movie comes over, he gives fucking Courtney Gaines a sign, and he's in the hotel room, and he walks out of another room and comes in and fucking sits down on the fucking couch next to you. Just to freak his friend out, he did that elaborate thing. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Wow. Yeah, that's funny. I'd do that too if I had money. Oh, had money. man, I wish I had money. Right? Uh, hey, hey, how do you spell European? E-U-R-O-P-E-A-N. I hope. Yes. Here we go. I flash back to my old spelling. <clears throat> um, nope, you're wrong. See, I knew it. Yeah, Jason Lively. Yeah, because oh, he was in right, some other that's 80s. Right, that's movie. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Wasn't he Damn in some it. other eighties movie? A team. He was, fucking... Courtney Gaines was in a lot, though. I think he was in um... Night of the Creeps. All right. Um, yeah, that kid was from Night of the Creeps. He's the lead. Yeah, that's right. You're that's right. right. That's why. That's why I thought it wasn't him. Um, okay. yep. I'll go back to Courtney Gaines. Here. Was Courtney Gaines in Adventures in Babysitting? <clears throat> Courtney Gaines was in Back to the Future, a lead role, I guess. That's what he's known for. Can you believe that Children of the Corn is not even in here? Wow. In the top three? Let's see what he was in Back to the Future. What the fuck could he have possibly been in that movie? He was one of the bullies that hung out with uh, uh, Biff. Really? Well, I'm guessing, but that's what I could see. That's the role He I was see Dixon. Him. What the fuck is that? Probably one of the Biff's fucking uh, buddies. Hmm. He was in Faster, whatever that is. Faster? I think it's a porno. 2010. Sweet Home Alabama, Can't Buy Me Love, Percept. Why isn't Children of the Corn even in here? That's fucking lame. It should be his number one movie. Yeah, Can't Buy Me Love, he played the friend that got his house shit on. No shit. <laughs> he was in Halloween. He was in the remake. Was he even on the film, though? See, Rob Zombie, when he made Halloween... Yeah, he cut half the fucking people in it. Right. He just wanted to get anybody from any fucking <laughs> classic genre film and fucking throw them in there. Half of it was scrapped. Malachi! Malachar. 
We're still doing some kind of segment here, guys. It's, got off on something. It's yeah. called the uh, top ten favorite horror movies of all time. This is our number one favorite horror movie of all time. Coming up right after this break, we'll be right back. Do you know why we celebrate Halloween? Because that's when we go trick-or-treating and get candy. Well, yes, but a long, long time ago, it was a night of great power. When the days grew short and the spirits of the dead returned to their homes to warm themselves by the fireside. All across the land, huge bonfires were lit. Oh, there was a marvelous celebration. People danced, and they played games, and they dressed up in costumes, hoping to ward off the evil spirits, especially the boogeyman. What's the boogeyman? Come on, Danny. Say goodnight to Mrs. Blankenship. Goodnight, Mrs. Blankenship. He hears the voice, you know, just like the other boy that lived in that house. What are you talking about? All right, guys, here's the moment none of you have been waiting for. It's when we reveal our top favorite horror movie ever. Once again, this does not mean it's the best horror movie ever, although these two would disagree with that. In my case, it does. <laughs> See? I'm always right. <laughs> rule number one, Alex is always right. Rule number two, if Alex is ever wrong, see rule number one. There you go. Always right. Dave, go ahead and tell everybody how Shining is your number one <laughs> favorite horror movie of all time. Yeah, yeah. Anyone that knows me knows that uh, my number one movie is The Shining. Yes, yes. And if you want a full recap of it, go listen to uh, episode 33 of Manalyzer where we talk for fucking two and a half hours about it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, Banana Laser should be seen as a... What are those called? A, a comp- You're a whole in your own right. So you can't say that you're just an appendage or, or a... Uh, I'm right in my own hole. Okay. <laughs> well, not anymore. Now we're a spinoff. <laughs> yeah, it's like a spinoff show. Because you're on there, too, so it's an official spinoff now. But a spinoff can, you know, because it can equal. Yeah, shit, it could. So, just like Joni loves Chachi, just like... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay, it hasn't worked out yet. Well, how about the Matt LeBlanc show? No, I'll get some another bad example. How about... Um... Kramer, Kramer, Kramer. Kramer, show. that was a great... Oh, I Frasier. Frasier. Thank you. You read my mind. I was, took the words out of my mouth. Yes. We're Frasier. And you guys are cheers. And we got Sam Malone here. Alex is Sam. Jamie, who do you want to be? Diane or the other chick? Uh, I think Diane. She is a, is a little less neurotic. Right on. All right. And I'm Frasier. And she's, and she's smart. <laughs> so basically what we're saying is you should always listen to Banana Laser when you're not listening to the Skeleton Crew. Tell this audience who have not listened to Banana Laser thus far, what is so amazing about Shining? Like, maybe you haven't prepared mentally because you thought you would just get away with telling us to go to show number 33. But let's just say that nobody is willing to listen to that show. Tell us. Fair enough. Yeah. What is, what is it about The Shining that intrigues you so? Um, 
Well, it's an experience to watch it. It's it's a movie that in 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 much way like Suspiria, like like I said earlier, and like Jamie said about you know it's a a treat for the senses or what whatever we said. It's like that. It's the sights, the sounds, and and you know what? It's more than that because it's more than sights and sounds. It's the dialogue. Um, and for the first time this whole time, I'm going to say the acting. I'm a real. I shouldn't say the acting's bad anywhere else, but this is the first time I'm really singling it out and saying I really genuinely enjoy all the performances in this movie, fucking the entire thing. So, and the, probably the best villain ever on screen is Nicholson's role as Jack Torrance. Give me the bit. Give me the bit, Marge. Give me the. <laughs> oh no, it's Homer Simpson. Sorry. <laughs> Fuck. I thought you were trying to do what's her name for a second. Fucking Wendy. Wendy. I'm home. No beer so, and no TV make Homer something something. Go crazy? Don't mind if I do. <laughs> uh, yeah, The Shining, man. And I'm glad that you guys... I started Banana Laser on show 33, that exact show, Shining. That was the first show of season two of Banana Laser. And that is when I joined the team officially after one year. Um... So I'm in season two, and that was the show we did, and I'm really glad because I watched Shining again, like Jamie loves, in my 2000-2004 period, and I hated it. I thought it was the (laughs) biggest piece of fucking shit. I was like, that had to be the worst thing I've ever seen. It was torture to sit through The Shining. That was so boring. Yeah. It, oh, Jamie. It, I. Whenever people brought it up, I couldn't wait to tell them how wrong they were. It was horrendous. And um, <clears throat> I don't really know what I was looking for at the time. You know, it's all perspective, man. And then all of a sudden, I watched it again like 10 years later. And holy shit. Everything's iconic to me. I love looking at everything. I love Jack Nicholson. I love olive oil. I love Danny, little kid. I love uh, Dick's Hurtin' or whatever his name is. Dick's, Dick's mother's. <laughs> Dick Hollerin. Dick Screaming. Dick Screaming, yes. <laughs> his dick was screaming at those pictures on the wall. Uh, you know, like, it is iconic. I remember every scene, I feel like. Uh, I rewatched it like days later just to show my girlfriend and she loved it and she's 25 so that means I should have liked it back then so I'm fucked up yeah. well hey whatever you just didn't appreciate art at the time because this movie is art it's fucking a masterpiece it's just different it is you have to be engulfed in it you can't just watch it in passing you have to submerge yourself in, into the movie and really understand what's going on and really pay attention to detail and everything else and the best part is this is a horror movie and yes it's scary it fucking images in this movie stay with me to this day that i still think are scary the twins in the hall and some other shit the woman in the tub that to me it fucking sticks with me and it's scary so on top of everything else that's the basic right there i'm gonna say something dave i have a complaint oh boy here we go all right the twins in the hallway there's a problem with them and the problem is, and, and this is, I, I have nothing against any race or nationality or anything, but they their faces are too foreign looking to me. 
what that does is it throws me off, and it makes me think more about the actors rather than the ghostly images of two little girls in a hallway. Wow. I think it makes them more scary because of that. Yeah? Because they're foreign. It's kind of fucking creepy and artsy in a way. <laughs> little German girls. I don't know. What, what the fuck are they doing there? So they are foreign. I'm not wrong here. I don't know. They look at to me. They too. look at them, right? Yeah, they do. Right. <laughs> they look like German girls. For yeah, some exactly. Reason. Yeah. And he based that upon um, a, a, a portrait or a picture or something that, that had already been circulated through the art world. And apparently he got that image from that and just kind of did his own spin on it. So I should I should look at that from now on and see it as like, wow, they're eerie looking because they're not even normal looking. They're fucked up looking. They are to me. Yeah. <laughs> and that adds to it. This is great so. for our PR. Uh, <laughs> well, it's, they're out of the ordinary. That's it, it's an American <laughs> movie filled with fucking American themes. It, it, it's it's a very you know it's a, a timepiece. But you know. But then you got these two odd-looking little girls. Yeah. Yes, they're out of place, so it makes them even more scary. Hmm. Okay. See, damn soundtrack is fucking incredible, don't you think? Ah, uh, it didn't stick out to me. I think the beginning song did, and then that's about it. I don't really remember the rest. Yeah. Next time you watch it, it's gonna sink in. I think. Now right. that you've, you know. Now is this a good movie to watch during the winter? Yes. Yeah. So that's what I should do for that one. It's a snow situation, like the thing. You know. Don't wait till the winter. Watch it fucking in the near future. Watch it during in October. What? No. I just watched it. I watched it two times in like whenever I joined that show. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, I watched it two times in a week, which means I love it. So I think it's a good choice. Now, now does Jamie have the same? Because I know she, because I, I know the Kubrick pulled a lot out of from Rob Zombie's stylistics in filming. Um, he did a lot of things Rob Zombie did. Or the other way Lawrence around. Or to Salem. No, no, Kubrick got his style from Rob Zombie. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just wait until he said something. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love The Shining. I I can't argue with anyone who has The Shining on any list. It's it's um, it is a masterpiece. It truly is. It is a masterclass in filmmaking. It's visually stunning. The opening from the from from the very opening where you're just watching them travel the mountain road and you're hearing that song that that that's actually the song's going to be on my playlist tomorrow night. It's uh I can't even it's brilliant. It really is brilliant. I don't personally find it scary, but that doesn't detract from me that you know you know as as we all do that watching if you only liked the things that you found scary then you'd be in a shitload of trouble yeah exactly because <laughs> as adults not too much is really going to scare us um i don't i don't find it scary but i do appreciate what other people find scary about it um i do wish that torrance's turn was a little more obvious i do i mean i refer to that now as jack nicholson syndrome or jack torrance mm. syndrome whenever i see a character in a film that is supposed to make like a wild turn and they kind of start out crazy to begin with so their turn isn't all that miraculous i I think that he kind of starts out looking a little uh i don't know he's a little wild-eyed and i still love jack nicholson in this film um shelly duvall to me has all the presence of a limp dish rag 
but I like her. But but I like her. But I like her in this film. I do, and it's. I really can't look at anything and say that it's bad or wrong, you know. And Kubrick knows or knew how to put together a movie. There is no question in that. And uh, he's very well known for having numerous angles shot simultaneously so he can get the perfect view, the perfect shot. Everything to him was, it, it was all about perfection and it was all about just piecing things together in exactly the right way, framing shots in exactly the right way. And so this is clearly, if you want to show someone how to make a film, this should be in the catalog. Uh, this should be a, a, an example of how to put together a masterpiece. Yep, it's a stunning example. Of it really nice. is. And so I think it's a very solid choice. And I really have no argument about it. Cool. None. Glad to hear that. I got one thing to say, and this might actually help uh, your viewing with the Torrance character. I have a theory about Nichols, uh, pardon me, about Torrance and why he's a little bit crazy to begin with when they're driving up to the to the, uh, to the hotel. The movie, we don't see Jack Torrance until he's actually set foot in the hotel. So the hotel is calling out to him, and he alludes to it later when he says, the first time I took a tour, I felt as, uh, as if I'd been here before, like I knew what was around every corner. So my theory is that when he got into that hotel, it had already touched him mentally. And then he went back and picked up his family, and he's on the right up. He's already experiencing what the hotel is doing to him so it's i i well and i can i can get i can concede that i can um the only thing is that when we see him we do get sort of a flashback sequence when we see him at when he's having the interview before he gets the job right and i i feel like there's something a little off kilter about him then he just seems awkward he seems like he doesn't um True. Yeah, like he's you. like he's like he's faking something. Like he's he's Abbott trying to fit in with the detectives. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. But the interview is at the hotel as well. That's, no, that's true. That's true. So your theory could hold there. Um, that that's not something it. I've honestly thought of. Yeah, that helps me with it because I'm also a fan of the book. So and I realize that when you read the book, and I do hear what you're saying, and we've heard people mention that when we did our Shining show. Uh, people had said that in, in voicemails and in emails about the same basic thing you said about the, the character not taking that big of a turn or saying watching an asshole become an even bigger asshole, somebody said. and um, That was, uh, you know, I think that was Tony Therald. It might have been, right. Might <laughs> or Terrio, I guess his name is. Yes, yeah. What the fuck you doing with Danny Terrio? Yeah, so. <laughs> 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 That's Dave's favorite horror movie of all time, The Shining, starring Jack Nicholson. So, uh, my favorite, this is no shock unless you're only listening to this because you saw the words top ten horror movies. So for those of you, don't put any liquids in your mouth because we don't want to get your rugs dirty. (laughs) Mine is Psycho 3. Once again... A list that makes zero sense. Do I think Psycho 3 is the greatest horror movie? No. Do I think it's it's even in the top 30 of every... It, let's just say there's 30 movies here. No. The reason why I like this the most is because that connection I have with Norman Bates... Um, to me, this is an exploration into the mind deeper 
It's the movie is seen through the eyes of Norman Bates because the guy who brought that character to life and understands him the best is Anthony Perkins, and he's the one who directed this. So you're literally seeing the movie through the eyes of Norman Bates. So that adds another whole like layer of uh, of whatever it is that I like. Most of the time, you always want to just kind of like in Halloween too live live the world of Halloween, which you can do in Halloween too. And in Psycho 3, it's sort of like living that world because it just feels like another day at the Bates Motel, like just normal going-ons that go on there. And and that's cool to me, and I, I like that. I get to, like, s- sort of be there in my own way. Um, <clears throat> except for, like, the um, the thing that sounds like kind of like uh, chanting music, like uh, religious, like... Like, except for that kind of music, all the other music I really like. Uh, I love the the color palette in the movie. Uh, I love the directing. I think it's really ambitious. Um, the only thing I don't like about it probably is that um, I think Norman stutters too much. I think he was just kind of um, trying to be the same Norman from part one when he started with Arbogast. And he kind of emphasized that a little bit too much in this movie. So he was just like, everything was like, Mary, you know, like, he didn't have to do that that much. That would have helped. Other than that, no, I'm good. Everything's good. Except for the ending scene that makes no sense, how he, he sort of got over his mother and the, the grip she had on him by cutting her head off, even though it wasn't really his mother. It was, like, his fake mother. But uh, he seemed to get over her, and yet at the end of the movie, when he's driving away in the cop car, he's holding her hand and stroking it, which shows that he's still well into, he's, like, way into what she's, her message is, which makes no sense. So... Besides those two things, that's what I like about it. And that's why it's, like, one of my favorite things to watch. So, that's it. Psycho 3, 1986. I'm sure it's on YouTube or something. Check it out. I think that's fucking great. I think that's great that that's your favorite. Yeah? Yeah, I wish my favorite was a little, a little, um, you know, uh, unsuspecting. Like, like a movie like, even though I like Psycho, love Psycho, I love them all. You know, truth be told, I love one, two, and three. I have them all on Blu-ray. Love the fucking all of them. Um, cool. I like one and two more than I like three. I think, but you know what? I think two and three are kind of I'm kind of equal with them. I like them both a lot. But the bottom line is this: I wish that my number one was something like more that. like your own niche. Yes, I completely would know what you're, where you're coming from in just the way you just described it. I don't need to, you know, say the same things you did, but I completely. I think that's great that you fucking you know that that that's a special movie to you and and you identify with it the character and everything else going on about it and you put yourself in that area you know so to speak it's fucking I think that's really cool and you know that's I think cool. it's cool that you you don't have fucking any shame in fucking saying it to anybody that that's your favorite horror movie. yeah it's pretty crazy right I'm yeah but willing to sit here and. There's no crazy people here. Yeah, there's no <laughs> crazy people around here. Hey, can it, Cochise? Yeah, you know, and it's funny because as I'm, like, thinking about Shining in in boasting or whatever with you, I, I could see that moving up, man. Like, to me, that is, like, uh, a niche of mine also, I feel like. And I think the, the sad part about it is that I discovered it a little too late to end up in a top ten list. But... I, I feel like 10 years from now, I'll probably have seen it like 15, 20 more times. And at that point, I'll probably feel different. So, Jamie Jenkins. I think everyone on Earth who knows us 
knows what you're going to say. But there are people who only want to hear top 10 lists. So act like a fish out of water right now and just tell us, you know, just just hook these people in. You know, don't don't dive into it like too quickly. Just uh, you know, just get just just dip your toe in the water and uh, tell us all what your favorite horror movie is without you know oversaturating it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Leprechaun. Leprechaun. Jennifer Aniston. You must be a big Friends fan because she was amazing in that, and along with the girl from Scream. I think those two together, the dynamic was incredible, along with Ugly, Lisa Kudrow. <laughs> Unbelievable show. Great movie. Leprechaun, people. Now, did you know the origins? How would you compare origins to your favorite movie, Leprechaun? <laughs> I actually haven't seen it. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> um, no. Um, and anyone who knows me just said, whatever. <laughs> no one believed that for a second. Uh, my favorite film of any genre period my favorite film in the entire world what i think is the film the best made film in the entire world i think if there's any kind of list it belongs at the top i don't care what that list is is jaws no surprise there but uh there's a reason for it and well like i said earlier um you know 40 years later there are people who still won't go into the ocean because of that movie. That is a film that affects people on a primordial level, like on, on a cellular level. On a, it When I was a child, I would get out of the bathtub if I thought of that film. I mean, there were numerous times, because I used to play Jaws in the bathtub. Like I had a little, I had a, a Jaws game, which was a plastic shark, and it, the little jaw hinged open, and it had like a tire and an anchor and things and bones and things like that in it. And you would take turns pulling them out with a hook. And as the jaw got lighter, it would snap closed and whomever's hook it snapped closed on. Well, they lost the game anyway. Well, I would take that plastic shark into the bathtub with me and I would play jaws with my Barbies. Well, then if I started thinking about it too hard, I would end up getting out of the tub, standing on the side of the tub and peering down into the water because I was certain that there was a shark in the water that was coming to get me. That's just my, I had a really overactive imagination. But to this day, if I'm in the lake, I mean, there are no sharks in the lake. I mean, I guess technically there could <laughs> yeah, be. They'd be dead be, in like a week. Uh, there, there technically could be the bull shark could li- uh, can live in fresh water. But if... There's nothing to eat. If, uh, <laughs> if I'm in the lake and I start thinking about that movie, I, my ass is out of the water. I have come out of the deep end of a swimming pool because I thought of Jaws. Now, how it's, could that be, Jamie? You, you, you have to sanely know there's no shark in the pool. Of course I do, but it doesn't matter. My mind starts working, and then uh, before I know it, I'm out of the water. I mean, I'm just – I'm out. And I love the ocean. I have no problem going into the ocean. I swim in the ocean. I swam in the ocean when there was a shark nearby. I don't have issues <laughs> with that. Um, I but, love you. Come here. But <laughs> – <laughs> But uh, and and then so you would think that I would have this really horrible fear or hatred or something of these animals. But no, in fact, when I graduated high school and I went to college, my the my goal was to become a field researcher of sharks. I have a deep love of sharks and have my entire life because of this film. Do you care about Shark Week? I love Shark Week. I've been watching Shark Week since I was in high school. 
And it's like before everybody knew what Shark Week was, I was on Shark Week. Love it. I have numerous books and, and documentaries and there's I did a I did a presentation on sharks when I was in school and my and we had a speech class that was where we had to get up and give speeches and stuff. And that I was, hope you didn't use the movie as your basis for information. No, I didn't. I did not. Yeah. <laughs> I did, however, start my speech with the soundtrack. Like I started with Sweet. The dun, 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 That's cool. Yeah, you know, and then um, I was always very gimmicky whenever I did stuff like that. That's cool. Now, did you engulf yourself into the the knowledge in the world of sharks? To help get over your fear? No, I never had a fear of them. I had a fear of the movie, but I never had a fear of real sharks. Like, I it, I have never had a problem. No, but you just said that you thought they were in the pool. No, I know. That's, 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 but it's not thinking of sharks that gets me out of the water. It's thinking of Jaws that gets me out of the water. It's it's different. It I don't know, I but I've, I've I've always had an appreciation for sharks as predators, and I've always loved them, and I've always defended them, and I've always um, maintained that. I mean, because after Jaws came out, then there was a huge uh, influx of hunters that were going out and killing great whites after this movie came out. That's how. That's exactly how in, how effective and influential this film was. It changed an entire generation and and how they felt and how where where their fear was seated you know peter benchley has since apologized for writing this book because of the detriment that it had on sharks as a whole and on the way people see them and feel about them and so it just it's undeniable with the impact that this film has had and uh, for the 35th anniversary i was lucky enough to go to get to see it at the fox theater in atlanta and uh, it was oh, that was an incredible experience. But while I was there, there was this group of about 15 teenagers that came and sat in front of me, and they had one adult with them. So I'm guessing it was some kind of field trip or something. But they had there were like 15 teenagers come and sit down in front of me at the Fox Theater, and I I just said, if they mess up my experience seeing this movie on the big screen, I w- there will be blood. <laughs> but what happened was, and the majority of them had never seen it before. And what happened was quite the opposite. There were three or four girls who spent the entire who spent the entire movie curled up in their seat, burying their face in the shoulder of the guy that was sitting next to them. And they jumped at all the right spots, and they were terrified in all the right places. And they screamed when they should have. And they really ended up enhancing my my view of of it because. I had never seen it with a crowd like that before, and I'd never had the experience of seeing it with people who'd never seen it before. And so that ended up heightening my whole evening. I, I was just, I was overjoyed. It could not have been any better. So, uh, but what that proved to me was that it still works. It's, you bring in a, a whole fresh new generation who have not been exposed to this and plop them down in front of it, and it still works on all the same levels because that fear that the fear of the unknown is still there. And um, the the thing I think that works beautifully about it is that you don't really see the shark a lot in the film. If they had had the shark way throughout, it may have worked well back then, but now you pop a bunch of teenagers down in front of it and we would have had that woeful experience where that teenager at the end would have said, this was boring, you know, and I would have had to like, I don't know, there would have been violence. <laughs> but... Um, but because of that, because you you know there are no 
clunky effects or very few clunky effects to mess it up, it still works beautifully. And I I can't even I mean it's an it's an action film, it's an adventure film. It's a it's we got some really amazing moments with Quint on the boat. Um Alex, I know you felt differently about this film for years, but then, you know, then when uh, we did it for last summer. It was, and I, it's oddly, wow, so freaking weird. It's like the three of us have some kind of trinity thing going or whatever, like whatever you call it, like, uh. Unholy trinity? Yeah, <laughs> because, um, I, it's identical experiences with both of your favorites with me. I, I hated them both in my early 20s and then I watched them for the first time to do it on each one of your shows uh, Skeleton Crew and, and Banana Laser and both times I got it and Jaws to me seemed like it's one of the, the greatest horror movies of all time and I, I could see every reason why and all that you know you know, we did the whole retrospective um we did Jaws on show number 62. If you want to hear a complete in-depth review of all four Jaws movies, go to show 62 and, and hear why Jamie really, really loves it. Uh, yeah, so both both movies, I just hated them or just thought they were stupid or just sad. I don't know what you people are talking about. You're just wrapped up in this whole thing. And then um, both times I saw it again, loved them. It's, and I, Jaws is really more of a character piece. Like you said, my, uh, Jaws is in the shadows if you want to call it that, for most of the movie. And it's all about the people and the experience, uh, the same as uh, Halloween. And I'm glad you did those retros because when you guys did the retro last year, last summer, that's when I went out and I bought the Jaws Blu-ray. Because I had Jaws on DVD and I've seen it maybe three times prior and I was just okay with it. Didn't didn't hate it, didn't love it. Just said, yeah, yeah, Jaws is good. And hadn't watched it in quite a while. I think I tried to watch it once maybe... Uh, maybe 10 years ago and once again I was just like yeah yeah not bad but then when you guys did the retro I went on and I bought the blue and I watched it last year and it fucking really took me in and then I watched it again not too long ago and it just floored me how good it was yep and you you're the one who told me to even get the blu-ray at a uh, target mm-hmm. yep exactly 14 and bucks I tell you, or something Yep, it was on sale. I was, waiting, I was waiting for the price to drop, and it did. And I got it. And you know, I guess the one time it took me in, and the second time it really fucking hit. I was like, "Wow!" Like you know, ten years from now, if I did another list, Jaws might be in my top ten. Right? Yeah. So, see, so it's just yeah, it's just one of those things. Just take just just like what Rosemary's Baby did with me, going back ten years, and here we are now, and how much I like it. But yeah, fucking a, I, I do love Jaws. I'm thinking that uh, one day. Uh, down the road, if we ever stick around and do some specials, that um, we should do a cool special where we don't go this far. You know, this is a big production. But we'll quickly list our top ten best horror movies. I would, I would like to do that. Like, what we think are, like, the best made. Yeah, even if I don't, it's not my favorite, I, I hands down admit, okay, you're right, this is the best. You know. Yeah, I would like love that. to do that. Yeah. It's a, di- it's a co- totally different animal. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, my list won't be so fucking wacky. <laughs> my one and two might will probably be the same. So, Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. But we'll have, you know, obviously, let's see. Let's look at my list. Let's see what won't be there. House, It, Sleepaway mm-hmm. Camp, Wolfman, Avon Costello, Me, Frankenstein, Return of the Living Dead, Halloween 2, 
Psycho 3. <laughs> okay, we're done. So I got eight movies removed. So, uh, yeah, that'll be interesting to do that. So, wow, there you go. So uh, I'll just recap our top five favorite movies. Dave's top five, starting from five to his favorite. Suspiria, Friday 2, Halloween, Exorcist, Shining is number one. Jamie's number five is uh, Friday 3. Then The Howling, Exorcist, Dawn of the Dead, and Jaws is number one. Mine is Halloween 2, Psycho, Friday 2, and Psycho 3 is my number one. So those are our top five favorite horror movies of all time. And uh, we'll be back to wrap things up right after this. Making toast. No, none for me, thanks. Caffeine is not a food group. Rod a Percodan. Got mail. It's from your dad. Birthday card. It's only two months late. I'm impressed. Cash is good. I'm gonna need it when I go to Yosemite. You're not going. Yes, I am. No, you're not. Yes, I am, and with your full blessing. Do you wanna know why? Why? Because today is the day. I can feel it. Today is the day that you're going to realize that I'm 17 years old and your overprotection and paranoia is inhibiting my growth process. You want to go camping? I'll take you camping. I want to go with you. Sorry. Dad would let me go. Well, Dad is an abusive, chain-smoking, methadone addict. Who would attract someone like that? Ouch. And just think, he left you. What the fuck do you think you're doing? Do you know what day it is? Of all the days for you to pull this shit, what do you think you can do? Just wander around town? I don't ask you for very much. Just give me one Mom, day! I've given you 17 years! And I need you to be responsible. Do you know what that means? Responsible. Don't talk to me about responsible, I Mom. just need this one Mom, I am not responsible for you! That's it. That's enough. I can't take it, Mom. He's dead. Michael Myers is dead. This is Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com with all the skinfo from the latest movies. New in theaters, Naomi Watts stars in Birdman. There's no nudity here, so take flight over to the 2001 skin classic Mulholland Drive where she makes wild girl-girl love with Laura Herring two hours in. There will be more than a bird in your hand when you see these two in the bush. This is the Mr. Skin Minute. Nude on DVD, Maggie Gyllenhaal stars in the BBC's Honorable Woman. Maggie plays a conflicted arms dealer in the Middle East, but it turns out the real threat is to your underpants because Maggie bears boobs and back burger for the miniseries. This must be a terrorist plot because I just exploded. Also nude on DVD, Emmanuel Signe stars in Roman Polanski's adaptation of Venus in Fur. We don't see this Venus's fur, but she does show off her goddess-like chest during a topless stage dance. This movie from Roman Polanski will put a pole in your pantsky. MrSkin.com. Fast forwarding to the good parts. Alright guys, so there you had it. That was the top 10 favorite horror movies of all time show. Go out with a bang, right? So, uh, so what are your overall thoughts, guys, of these, these lists? I think they're solid. 
I don't, you know, I don't. I think that I think there's some pretty awesome selections on there. Yeah. Yeah. A good variety. We didn't repeat ourselves too often. Um, Exorcist was doubled. Friday Two was doubled. Psycho was doubled. And that's it. Yep. And more could have been doubled, but luckily. That they were very close calls for me. I would have echoed Jamie probably two, maybe three more times. So there you have it. So right. it's a good thing it worked out perfectly. And your your picks for the most part were your own. So that's <laughs> yeah. not that, that uh, yeah, they were your own picks. Then that, that's good. That's that's what this show this is intended to be. <laughs> favorite fucking ten, you know. And you know, like I said, if it disappointed anybody on my end, I, you know, we'll do. The top ten greatest horror movies of all time. Yeah, I don't, you know, how can you disappoint someone with your favorites? That's bullshit. You can't do that. Well. If they are disappointed in your favorite films, then that's on them, not you. Well, you know, some people, you know, like, for example, people who are big Jamie Jenkins, you know, listeners, they, you're kind of a representation of them. So... Well, don't talk about mine. I have solid choices. Well, exactly. So they're like... <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. They're like, yeah, see, that, that's my girl. That's right, Creep Show's on there, or whatever the fuck, you know, or whatever you pick. Oh, no, no it's Dave. Sorry, I'm looking at the that's wrong me. list. People are going to shit because I don't have Halloween on my list? Well, that, exactly. So I'm saying it does matter. So people who who are, are, are sort of have been in my corner for most of, of what we've been doing, you know... I'm sort of a representation of of them in, in a way, or they at least would like me to represent them. Um, I probably didn't, you know. <laughs> so it's like it's it's hard. It's like well, favorite. Okay, now we're doing the Netflix compared to technical rating type thing, and and that's what this is. This is like really liked it, loved it, you know, hated it. Right, right. And that's what it's all about. I I love the fact that a lot of your choices are outside of what you would expect to hear from a top ten list. You know, from a top ten list, and and I think that's a good thing. Um, the fact that I mean, look at my list. I I am chock full of mainstream movies on my list, and it just so happened. And most of those, if you look at the time period, most of those look at when they all They're came 70s. out. A lot of them are from seventies and eighties, and it's and the reason that. I mean, look where that lands. That's when I was growing up. So it's just you can't really help it. It that's you know all those factors come together to create uh, your list of favorites and and that they sort of define who you are. And that, you know, I don't know. I just I think it's a good thing that like my list is like a fourteen year old's list. Like literally, it's, <laughs> it's like literally taking a kid who. Uh, grew up you know exactly it's me uh as a kid that's that's what this list is i don't know maybe i'm just more sentimental than than i'm too for your own good or whatever you know no i mean mine are on there because i'm sentimental i'm just happen to be sentimental for a different time and i guess there were better movies back then yeah i mean you know it can be argued that there were some pretty fucking good movies back then. <laughs> well, just like we said, you can't even compete you try to make a jaws or try to make a, an exorcist it can't even really be done you can do it all you want to, but it's not going to be the caliber of those films. Well, right. I mean, okay, even if you go to mine, though. Wolfman, obviously that wasn't as good. Uh, Abbott Costello made Frankenstein can't be done again. It it will be remade. Who knows how that will turn out. House, who knows what will be done there. Psycho, we saw that. So I, I'm actually pretty doing pretty good here. Then you got Friday 2. I'm doing so pretty good there. 
Uh, Psycho 3 is obviously the, uh, the the glaring omission here, and that's clearly a personal thing. And that's okay with me. Um, Sleepaway Camp, um, that obviously might be remade, and um, can it be better? Who the fuck? I mean... Uh, no way. Th- well, that kind of thing could only really be captured when it was. See, my, my movies are more like captured in time. Almost unredoable also, in an odd way. Mm-hmm. So, it's kind of strange. We, we all have sort of irreplaceable movies on here. I don't think anybody will try to do Psycho 3 again, so... <laughs> in any form. Maybe on YouTube. Maybe Lego. Lego <laughs> yeah, Lego Psycho 3. <laughs> uh, so there you go. And and Dave, I mean, they did do Texas Chainsaw. Uh, Creepshow, uh, I don't think they're going to be doing that again. The Thing, they did do that again, and that was horrible. Psycho, they did do that, and it was horrible. Friday 13th, they did do that again, and most people don't like it. Suspiria, they probably won't do it again. Fucking better. We saw Halloween, Exorcist, and Shining. Shining, um... Well, they did the TV series, and that was better to some people. So, I don't know. Depends what you're into, the book or the movie. So They should do, like, a Shining 2 and 3 and 4, and just have Jack Torrance kill everybody. Come back from the dead, huh? Jack Torrance versus uh, Jack. Or what, what's it'll be like Jack Frost. Jack Frost, it'll yeah. Be frozen. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, two snowmen just going against each other. <laughs> uh, uh, Jack Frozen versus Jack Frost, yes. <laughs> <laughs> they could have like sequel upon sequel Jack in space Jack in a box <laughs> he could be going against uh, fucking yeah I don't know it, it'll be great so okay is there any closing things you guys gotta say an overview well, I, I hope some people agree with it and I, I hope that some people hear about movies that, that I talk about and say hey you know what maybe I'll check this movie out now so maybe some eyes were open today. And if not, we're going to fucking close them. <laughs> <laughs> For good. We're going to take his fucking eyes out. <laughs> take your fucking eyes out. Keep looking. So, yeah, there you have it, guys. Uh, fun show. Good times. All right, guys. The next show is 100. The Skeleton Crew hits 100. It's a landmark. It's a, it's a thing, as most people have known. This day was coming. I don't even know what we're going to do on the show. Jamie, do you have any idea? I have no idea what we're doing. Not a clue. Just celebrating, drinking, and partying, and having a few friends on, I'm sure, and uh, reminiscing. Maybe some best of clips. Stuff like that. Um, That'd be fun, right? Yeah. Go over some good times. Uh, not much to say. I mean, it, you know, it all happens when you get there. Not much to say about it since we have no idea what we're doing. Believe it or not, we have no exit plan. <laughs> so, whatever. We have an exit for this show, and that's saying goodbye, guys. <laughs> See you in 100. Bye. See you.